Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Oh, hello everybody, and welcome to another edition of TalkShoe Radio Show. I am your host, David Chandler, and this is November the 17th, 2015. It is hard to believe that Thanksgiving is a week away. But at any rate, uh, I want to discuss with you people about the spirit behind the music industry. Now, in lieu of what happened with Charlie Sheen and the the revelation of his HIV status, uh, I want to talk about this real quick. Uh, the the, The music industry, well, the entertainment industry as a whole has always been under the influence of satanic forces. We we read this in scripture that the whole world lieth in wickedness and so this is no surprise given his reckless lifestyle with drugs, alcohol and promiscuous you know, his promiscuity. But my heart does go out to him. Um <clears throat> I know that given his history of of depression and um, drug abuse, mental illness, that he may or may not relapse. I'm hoping that he doesn't, and I hope that he finds, uh, hope that he becomes born again. But the entertainment industry hollywood in particular has always been under the influence of, of of satan and i can give you proof of this when denzel washington had an interview with ed bradley this was probably about 15 years ago um denzel said to him in an interview that he gets on his knees and he communicates with the spirits And so when he got up, he was in charge. In other words, he said that he did not have to write down his script. He said he couldn't have acted that. Any of the scenes that he does in his movies, he can't act without communicating with these spirits, without um, the help of spirit guides. And I'm going to explain to you guys what those are. But... it's 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 a shame that Charlie Sheen is going through this now and um but at any rate the number is 724-444-7444 and the access code is 137404 if you want to call in and 
with questions or if you just want to call in and listen or if you just want to call in to to um add whatever it is that you have to say to um what I'm saying or join the the call is what I'm uh, what I wanted to say but this is uh the music industry it has always been on secular music anyway has always been under the influence of Satan and does okay let me start off by saying that um, during the fifties a man by the name of Alan Freed coined the phrase rock and roll and Rock and rock music was a euphemism or a slang term or a colloquialism for having sex in the back seat of a car while it rocks back and forth. So the term was was coined after that. Ever since then, rock and roll. <clears throat> Excuse me. Kiss says in his song, you know, we're going to rock and roll all night, party every day. So this phrase rock music or rock and roll has been a phrase, has been something that has been used ever since the 50s. And um uh, so the rock the rock and roll culture has always been comprised of sex, drugs and rock and roll. Sex, drugs and rock and roll. Sex, drugs and rock and roll. The idea was do what you want to do as long as it's not hurting anybody. John Lennon said um, the, the term do what thou wilt means do what you, whatever it is that you want to do without having hurting anybody, without hurting anyone. And so um, this, is in, this is by all intents and purposes the rock and roll culture. This is what it comprises of. So, um, I'm having a, there's a, uh, someone's joined the call. Um, hello, um, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you, David? Hi, um, David. I'm fine. Um, do, do you have anything to say about uh, the subject? The, the subject here is um, the spirit behind the music industry. Do, do you have anything? Do you have a question or a comment? Um, not at the moment. I didn't know that about um, how rock and roll got their name. That's quite interesting. Well, yeah, it was done. It was the, the phrase was coined by a guy by the name of Alan Freed. He was a Cleveland disc jockey Cleveland, out in Cleveland, Ohio. And that's when he, you know, that's where it came from. And ever since then, this has been popularized. It, you know, the, the whole phrase, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Well, rock and roll, it, that, that's how it, it started. You know, that, that's what it's, it came from. It came from him. He started using the, the phrase or the modicum rock and roll, rock music, and it was act, it was actually a, a, 
a slang term for sex in the back seats of cars. Okay. So when you hear about when you hear someone say, "Well, I, I listen to rock music," then automatically you should know where it came from. Yeah. Yeah. So so the term is used, it's the term that was used, rock and roll, is over 50 years old. Mm-hmm. So guys like El- Elvis Presley, uh, Little Richard, uh, the Beach Boys, which was all of them during the 50s, they, they came along in the 50s. And even their music, we all thought that their music, like Fats Domino, you know, they we we believe that their music was clean because it wasn't like the music that we were listening to during the eighties, like with Kiss and White Snake. Yeah. Um, yeah. Queen. Um you know, Iron Maiden, Quiet Riot, all these guys, they were openly satanic. And we knew uh-huh. that from the, the, the lyrics. Uh-huh. But back during the six, the fifties and the six in the sixties, we didn't know because they were teeny boppers back then. And back then, the culture was different. Back then, the culture was all about family, and you know, we we wouldn't we wouldn't dare listen to a rock group that sung about drugs and sung about suicide and alcohol, like Ozzy Osbourne. And Black Sabbath, and uh-huh. Marilyn Manson, and all of these, you know, like Nirvana and and uh, Kurt Cobain, and even the Doors. The Doors came during the '60s, and when John Morrison and his group got on the Ed Sullivan show, Ed Sullivan told him not to sing the word higher, but he did it anyway, and he got booted off the show. So, and by the way. Jim Morrison was a flunk. You know, he was a flunky. He was in art. He was in film school, the University of California, Berkeley, I believe, and he uh-huh. flunked out. So he ended up going. He, he was homeless, and he was down and out on his luck. So he ended up going to Venice Beach, and he lived the life of a hobo, I guess you might want to say. And he was sitting on the roof of an aban- of an abandoned house when he heard. And this was in his words. He said he heard the spirit of music. He heard the spirit of Satan. And that's where he got his songs. That's how he became a rock star. He was inspired to be a rock star after hearing the voice of the devil. And the the, the name Doors, they they got the name Doors from a a familiar spirit or spirit guides. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's and the idea that the word door is meaning the door over to the other side. You know, the song Break On Through to the Other Side, that's okay. where they got their name from. Uh, Queen was a rock group that started out in the 70s. Freddie Mercury was the lead singer. He was, a, you know, openly homosexual, you could tell. And he lived a reckless lifestyle. Of course, he died in 1991 of AIDS. But um, during their run during the 1980s, the song, you know, Another One Bites the Dust. And I'm going to get into back masking later on in the show. But the the song, 
Another One Bites the Dust was about a man that he was in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. And he broke up with him, so he sung that the song was inspired by that. And uh, Fat Bottom Girls, the song Fat Bottom Girls that they sang, I, I can't remember the year that he, I think it was in 1977 he sang, he sang the song Fat Bottom Girls, was an ode to child molestation. Wow. wow. So they, they were satanic to the core. And then the, the song uh, Black Queen, um, he said that, um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to play the, this, the clip right now. I don't know if you'll be able to hear it, but it's a YouTube video. And I'm going to read, better yet, I'm going to do something a little better than that. I'm going to read the lyrics to you as the song is playing. So if you would, uh, could you give me a second here while I type up um, the song? All right, um, let's see. All right. All right. I reign with my left hand. I rule with my right. I'm the lord of of all darkness. I'm the queen of the night. I've got the power. Now do the march of the black queen. My life is in your hands. I'll foe and I'll fly. I'll be what you make me. I'll do what you like. I'll be your bad boy. I'll be your bad boy. I'll do the march of the black queen. Mm. Now, it's strange, though, this idea of I'll reign with my left hand. Now, in Satanism, you have what is called the left-hand path. And in Satanism, they believe that when they die and they go to hell, they're going to reign with Satan there. And that's where that, came, that's where that phrase came from. And, um, you know, of course, this is openly satanic. I'm the lord of all darkness. I'm the queen of the night. You know, they're talking about the devil. Mm-hmm. See, now, the, the, the next verse, forget your sing-alongs and your lullabies. Surrender to the city of the fireflies. Dance to the devil and beat with the band. To hell with all you hand in hand. But now it's time to be gone. La, 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 forever, forever. Uh, you know, it goes on. But this is blatant Satanism. Now, does the Bible speak out against music? Does the Bible speak on music? And the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna look I'm gonna read to you the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel twenty eight. And if you have your Bible, you know, follow along with me. Um if I can find it. I have to learn to be prepared when I do these shows, especially when I'm doing them by myself. <laughs> Ezekiel 
Okay, verse 14, Thou art the, the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Was Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. I'm going to go back up. I'm going to go up a couple of verses. Okay, verse 12, Son of man, take up a lamentation to the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thou... Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, the gold, and gold, the workmanship of thy taberns, and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Now what a taberns? Musical instruments. And of thy pipes was prepared in thee. So Lucifer was a musician in heaven. As a matter of fact, he was the top musician in heaven. So I'm going to uh, go down a verse. Verse 14, in fact, thou art the, in, the anointed cherub that covereth. So that means that he was the angel. He was the one that was head over the, the, the archangels in heaven. Wow. So when he fell, and see verse 14, this is verse 15, Thou was perfect in all thy ways from the day that thou was created until iniquity was found in thee. The iniquity was pride, obviously. He wanted to be like God. He wanted worship. So when God kicked him out of heaven, along with a third of the angel population, he, the, that power over music was never taken away from him. Now, his power will be stripped of him when he, uh, when Jesus uh, you know, finally comes back and he is judged for his sin. But, you know, he now is in control over music and he still wants worship, so now he's going to use that to acquire worship. So, with that being said, it's it's not surprising to me that these musicians they sell themselves, they sell out. You know, they they you know they. Uh, it's called an oath. They they give an oath to the devil for fame and fortune, so they can be the top rock star, or they can be at the top whatever in the industry. And the only way for you to do that, because this age, you know, Satan is the god of this age, Second Corinthians four four. So the only mm -hmm. way for any person to be anything in this life whether it be a rock star or whatever the case may be, he has to sell out. Yeah. You know, and, and proof of that is, is, is Matthew 4 and this is uh, when Jesus was led up into the spirit in the wilderness when he was tempted of the devil and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward uh, hungered. 
And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Now, I'm, there mm-hmm. was a song in 1985 called, you know, We Are the World. Remember that song? Yes. Yes. And it was sung by all, you know, uh-huh. the who's who of, of music. You, you talk, you're talking about Lionel Richie, Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. Diana Ross, um, Huey Lewis in the News, um, all of those guys. Yes. And the first thing that Willie Nelson sung was uh-huh. this. Yep, As yep. God has showed us that these stones be made bread. Yep. Wait a minute. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Now we were all singing along like, oh, this is so yep. nice, waving our hands in the air. I'm like, well, wait a minute. When I heard yep. this song, I fell out of my chair because I've been researching the music industry for five, about five years. Mm-hmm. And when I heard this, because I, I looked at a, a rockumentary called They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll by a pastor by the name of Joe Schimmel. He's out in California. Yeah, I watched him too. Yeah, and, and it was just, even though he was all over the place, but, <laughs> you know, he there are certain rock bands he didn't really go too far into, but the, like all the others, he did like Led Zeppelin and the Beatles. He really took uh, Led Zeppelin and the Beatles apart. But yes. all the other rock groups, he didn't so much, like Queen and the rest. I, I said to myself, okay, this is a four-hour, this is a ten-hour video. He could have at mm-hmm. least. But anyway. Agreed. This uh, verse or stanza in the song kicked me out of my chair as God has shown us by turning stones into bread, Jesus didn't turn the stones into bread. The uh-huh. devil tempted him to do it, and he told him, "No, I'm not going to do it." You know, but and and his answer was, "Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God." Well, actually, he said, "By every you know, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God." Now, if Jesus had did what the devil wanted him to do. We would not have been saved. We would be in hell. Amen. So this that song is utterly satanic to the core. Wow. So, see, but again, all of these songs that we like Whitney Houston and um, Earth, Wind, and Fire, which, by the way, is the three of the five pinnacles of the pentagram: the the, the earth, earth, wind, water, fire, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And so it's not strange that Maurice White would call their band Earth, Wind, and Fire. By the way, Maurice White was an uh, Egyptologist, and so was uh, Parliament Funkadelic. I'll get into them a little later. Well, actually, Parliament, yeah, I think he was an Egyptologist. And a lot of all these hip-hop artists that you're, you're hearing about now, especially back during the 90s, like Nas and... KRS One. I think KRS One was earlier on in the eighty, like in the nineteen, like early nineteen nineties. Mm-hmm. Three Six Mafia. Yeah, Three Three Six Mafia. They're terrible. Mm-hmm. They're, they're terrible. Um, you know, Easy E. All of those guys. And uh, uh, East Maryland, welcome to the show. 
Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, my name is Daniel, by the way. <laughs> oh, hi, Daniel. How are you? Fine. I'm blessed and highly favored. Uh, How are you guys? Uh, I'm pretty good. Good. Thank you. So, uh, again, um, the the rappers that I just mentioned, like uh, Nas, Nas is a five percenter. Um, Wu Tang, my best friend, got me involved in those. Got got me listening to those guys uh, when I was uh, working with him at, at a supermarket way back in two thousand. They're five percenters, and the the five percent nation they believe that Jesus Christ, yeah, he's he's a real person, he's a historical figure, but he's not the son of God. The black man is God. Yeah. And so these rappers like KRS-One, which means knowledge reigns supreme, Big Daddy Kane, uh, K, uh, I forget what the, I think it's K, K Asianic, no one's equal, something like that. Uh. Um. Nas, again, I already mentioned him. And then you've got Erica Badu and India Irie and Jill Scott. They're all five percenters. Isn't JT yeah. a five percenter too? I don't think so. I think he's just, oh. um, he might oh. be a five percenter. I never heard of him being one, but I know he's not saved. As a matter of fact, he's held up the pyramid yeah. sign during his uh, live for, uh, performances. Yep. And he, and he if, also, go ahead. If you also wanted to know something interesting about the whole Jay-Z situation, it's interesting because Jay-Z, excuse me, he's linked together with, um, I'm trying, Tupac and Biggie. Uh-huh. So let me, let me let me tell you how let me tell you how the 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 they are related though because you uh, Tupac and Biggie Smalls uh, both were in control of the music industry for uh, for the time that they were holding it down on the music and so mm-hmm. Tupac who went west was controlling the West Coast as far as hip hop music sales went and as far as East Coast went. Big um, Biggie Smalls held the East Coast. Now, what happened with Tupac, who was a Mason, who did sell out, but he tried to, you know, uh, once when, when they when they told him about the selling out process and how it was real, Tupac said he thought it was a game first. He said he thought it was a game when he sell out, but then he said the devil came back to reap his reward or something like that, and it was serious. And when he found out how serious it was, he was like, "No, nah, man, I got shot five times. Like, there's God, and he's on my side. He's clearly on my side, so I'm clearly not with." with your program and that's when um, Tupac started to expose them and yeah. so they had to get rid of Tupac for that and so they replaced him with Dr. Dre someone who comes out of the same area as him the west coast mm-hmm. the Long Beach um, Oakland area that's where Dr. Dre is from and coincidentally Dr. Dre is still the biggest major most major producer as far as music goes on the west coast and yeah. um, Jay-Z who um, they, they, they killed Biggie, now the Illuminati or whatever, the Secret Society members um, killed uh, Biggie Smalls because he was sold out. He definitely was um, uh, 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 free with the Freemasons, 
However, he wasn't um, totally uh, uh, in compliance with their plans. He was very greedy. He was like, no, you know, I, I did what y'all wanted me to do. Now this money is for me and my family. And that's not mm-hmm. how they want it to work because Masons, they help each other out with something. They, their slogan is good. We make good men better. So Biggie Smalls wasn't a part of that program. He was very selfish, very stingy, and greedy. And so, therefore, Biggie Smalls had to go. And so he was ultimately a sacrifice, and they raised Jay-Z up in his place, who coincidentally Mm -hmm. was the biggest music producer, uh, record label, whatever, on the East Coast. So Dr. Dre and and Jay-Z have taken the place of Tupac and uh, Biggie Smalls. Wow. Well, Biggie Smalls, we all know he was the sacrificial lamb in the East Coast, West Coast feud between... Uh, Tupac and and, and Biggie. Uh, Biggie, but the the thing about that the thing that I find interesting in all this was actually when Suge Knight Suge Knight is at the center of all of it. I think I, I think Suge Knight is either a gang member. He might be either a high ranking Freemason, or he might be. Um, a member of a of a gang, and that mm-hmm. gang that he's a part of is a high-ranking Freemason. Because right. I don't think, you know, you look at Benny Siegel, you know, he's from here, Philadelphia, and you look at him and then you look at Suge Knight, all of them should have been in jail by now. All the things that they've done, said, they should be doing life in prison, but they're mm-hmm. not. Why? Because they're exactly. up the Exactly, and and so, and, and and exactly, and and so what we have is two. In, now these people that investigated um, Tupac's murder <clears throat> never did find out who the killer was, even though they were told that yeah. the the shooter was in the club on the night that he was killed. Mm-hmm. Well, and Suge Knight witnessed his murder. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it just doesn't get any clearer than that. But again, it's all swept under the rug because, you know, again, the 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 thing about with me, and, and it's funny though how like like you just brought up. Um, Jay-Z, after Biggie Smalls passed, Jay-Z just comes up out of nowhere, and and now he's one of the biggest rappers ever in New York, in the world, actually. Yes, in the world. He's rapped in the White House quite a few times. Yeah. Yeah. And and so his song, Lucifer, Son of the Morning, is an example of that. The song was actually written by Kanye West. Hmm. And um, because they collaborated on the song, uh-huh. so he, he wrote Jesus. Yeah, he calls himself Jesus. He had a song called Jesus Walks, mm-hmm. which means that okay, I'm in sin, so Jesus, you walk with me while I'm doing this sin. Uh. Wow! And so he yeah. and Christ were in church dancing while everybody else was dancing. Huh. And I saw the video. It was unfortunate. You know, I, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it. And I'm like, what in the world is this blasphemy? Yeah. Right. Right. 
Actually, one of the first songs Kanye West came out with was very, uh, very eye-opening. It looked very illuminated. And not from, I'm not talking illumination from the Holy Spirit. It looked illuminated in terms of the spirit of the world. Because uh, I think it was Through the Wire. It's a, it's a song made off an of, uh, old school song, Through the Wire. Yeah, that song. So uh, I think that was the first video Kanye West did. Um, if you never check that out, check that out. Because he was in a church as well on that video. And so just what they were depicting, the way they had them set up, it was almost like um, they do Jay-Z's videos. It remind me of a lot of Jay-Z's videos and how subliminal they are at night. It, uh-huh. it, it almost looks as though it has nothing to do with the song itself. If you just pause the music and let the video play, you yeah. might see it differently than you do with the words on. It's Maybe yeah. not might. I guarantee you, you will see it differently with the music paused and the video still playing. Yeah, it's it's really, but see, the thing about it is, the reason why a lot of young people don't know what these artists are saying is because they're addicted to the beat. Yeah. You know, the beat hypnotizes them. And subliminal messaging is what it is. And subliminal messaging involves parts of the brain. See, there's two parts of the brain, the, 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 the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere. The, the left hemisphere controls right. logic, yeah. reasoning, right. and um, gives right. us our ability to discern and, ration, and, and, our reason, and our ability to reason, whereas the right side is the seat of our emotions, our artistic ability. Say again? I was saying, they call it the, the intuitive side. Yeah, right. and... Artists are very intuitive. So when you listen to music, the songs or the words passes through the right side of the brain. So it gets difficult for an individual to sit down and deconstruct what's being said. So this is why so many people, when you tell them what's, being, what's actually being said in there, so what the, the, the message is actually being conveyed in these songs. They're like, ah, oh, it's only just music. It, it, you know, music is neutral and this, that, and the other. Well, wait a minute. How can you say that Kanye West, uh, well, not Kanye West, but Jay-Z's song, Lucifer, Son of the Morning, is neutral? He's talking about one specific subject, the devil. Right. So that's not neutral. That's not neutrality. That that's specific. Yeah. Yep. Not only that, but when you when you when you talking about uh, listening to the music and it being subliminal messaging, it just makes the Bible seem so true, which it is in every single form of fashion. Now the Bible says, "You reap that which a man soweth, that shall he also reap." So that's yeah. what the Bible says. And so now we see in the hip-hop industry where they glorify drug dealing. They glorify murders. They glorify belittling women and children mm-hmm. and people. And um, a bunch of uh, 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 basically abominations is just being promoted through hip-hop, which is also supposedly dead. It's a dead art. So um, now it's evident, and I live in Baltimore, it's evident, in the community that I live in. We have a lot of um, people from all different races and backgrounds who listen to hip-hop music. And now what we see in Baltimore, we're having the worst year ever on record. Now, our worst year was 305 homicides just inside the city. 
Now, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit of background information about that. Now, my sister lives in Los Angeles, California, and they have a population of over 4 million people. So mm-hmm. far this year, Los Angeles as a city has had 295 homicides. So now we're talking about Baltimore City, who has a, a population of 600,000, who has that same amount of murders. So, and our record is 305, and that was way back in 1999. And all, as you also know, we had that Freddie Gray issue earlier in April this year where martial law was declared. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was crazy. And it really did look like hell on earth while it was happening. That's another story, a whole other subject. But what I'm saying is, is now... We're reaping, no, we're actually sowing what the music is reaping to us because everything that the music says, that's what these guys are out here doing. That's what these guys out here do. I mean, when they hear this music, they don't don't just hear it. They listen to the music. They're listening to this music, and they're, they're learning from the music. And it's interesting because the Bible makes another point, and it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So basically the Bible is saying that we learn from what we listen to. So basically if you don't, if you cannot listen to something, if you can't pay something enough attention to uh, listen to it, then you're not learning. So when you hear the word of God and you start to listen to it, you're learning the word of God. So on the opposite spectrum, when you hear the music and then you start listening to the music, you start to become what the music is saying. You start to do what the message is behind the music. And that's subliminal messaging. Let me tell you why it's subliminal messaging. Because I've had instances myself where I've got caught up in hip-hop music where um, something would happen, I'm listening to hip-hop music, and, you know, something small, something minor would happen, and I wind up acting um, so out of character, so violent, so irrational and irate, you know, that it was just abnormal. And so I'm like, where where could that come from? You know, like, because I feel like I didn't have control over me reacting that way. And it was something so small. It was so petty, you know, that it just had to be a spirit behind the move that I made. And yeah. so I, I noticed a lot of people. And, and so I just applied that to the, um, people in general. So people are making moves in their life that's not their own choice. It's made because of the music that they listen to and the, the, the things that are on TV, the type of entertainment, that form of entertainment um, that they choose. And so people start to mirror these images. And as I said that, and, I'm, and that's the last thing I'm going to say, um, the Bible talks about, too, how uh, – uh, uh, how let me just say this in in layman's terms, the people on t v they imitate the people in real life, and the people in real life they imitate the people on t v and so we're forced we're forced with this um with this un this it's just unstable uh and there's no equilibrium there's no balance there because um there is no foundation there. Uh, people, uh, people that are on TV, this stuff is not real. I don't care if it says reality or whatever. It's just not real. It's something mm-hmm. that's television. So you just yeah. can't. You you can never sim- simulate reality. That's the thing about life. You can get close and make as much simulation as you can, but you can never come as close to the real thing. What we're doing right now, what we're living, which is reality, living in the moment. And so, people that are, are actually fake, living these fantasy lives. Um, who actually, when they go home, they're rich and everything. They portray and act like they're regular, normal people on TV, and so, pe- so that forces the people that's at home 
um, to act the way that these people do on TV. And so whatever these people do, and I notice it a, a lot, of, it, it's just the spirit. The spirit, it, it never fails. When people are on one mind and one accord, it's a spirit present there. Whether it's the spirit of God, because God said when people are on one mind and one accord, you know he's there. And so it's the opposite, too, as we've seen in Genesis chapter number 11, when the people were in the same mind and they conspired to build that tower against Babel. So now we see that the spirit works both ways. And so these people, you have a lot of people who have their own mind, their own conscience, but yet they're creating the same acts. We have a lot more homosexuals now. We have a lot more murderers now. We have a lot more uh, people who are really not themselves, they're living up to this image that they that, that society force, forces you to live. And yeah. so that's what I wanted to say. And, and all of that is caused from music. I mean, hip-hop is responsible for so many murders, murders in my city alone. So I imagine in the world how many murders that hip-hop is responsible for. I guarantee you people were uh, bumping uh, rap music, Eminem, 50, they were bumping all that stuff right before they went and committed them homicides. Yeah, you know, I'm I, pretty sure because look at the Night Stalker serial killer. He, uh, Richard Ramirez, he, uh, before he, well, while he was committing uh, his, uh, his murders, he was listening to ACDC. Wow. And and the song was Night Prowler. So he he went out, he was actually inspired to commit those murders by the lyrics that he was listening to. But then again, you know, Richard Ramirez was a, uh, a tortured soul anyway. And a lot of people use that as an impetus to say, well, you know, it wasn't the music made him kill. It was he was just crazy to begin with. But and see, the thing is, is, is what when we study music, when we look at music, especially hip hop, um, there is evidence to suggest that we live according to what we're listening to. You know, the idea of being a thug and being, being you know, keeping it 100. Who says that? Rappers. Mm-hmm. You know, who says, um, you know, baby daddy, baby mama. Lil Wayne made that popular. Mm-hmm. And so um, my thing is, you know, we can't separate. There's some people in the, in the black community, well, a lot of them, can't differentiate. They can't. They don't have the discernment to tell the difference between right or between real and fantasy. And, well, I can tell you when I was growing up, when I was in high school, we had um, we had Eminem and we had, well, I don't think Eminem was too popular back then, but we had Tupac and we had, um, you know, N.W.A., we had um, Snoop Dogg. I can remember Snoop Dogg with his video, Murder Was the Case. Uh, I remember going into advisory that year, my last year in high school, and uh, I saw the video. I I was just looking at it. I wasn't really into it or anything because I I couldn't get into rap. I I, I don't know why. I just, that wasn't me. That wasn't my cup of tea. But I looked at the video, and it didn't hit me then that the video was him professing or Confessing yeah. to the fact that he yeah. had sold his soul. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, he put it in plain sight for you. You you yeah. didn't have to death and realize yes, it. So yes, he did. So I'm like, well, what am I looking at? I'm, I I didn't know what I was because I didn't have the discernment. I was, you know, basically a child, so I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know what he was telling me. Or, but everybody else was just, you know, into the music because the 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 beat was hypnotizing. The beat was it made you want to bump your head. It made made you want to turn the radio all the way up. The speakers all the way up. Guys driving up and down the street. With a bro- with broken down cars, but the speaker was five hundred dollars, cost more than the car. <laughs> and you would hear the speakers from, say, for instance, your apartment was down the street, and you could hear their speakers from across town. Mm-hmm. And so, this say again. I said it's the same thing today. Yeah, so music is has a grip, has a death grip on, especially yeah. rap music, hip hop, you know, or whatever you want to call it. It has a death grip on our community because now you see a lot of men walking around with you know sagging their pants because the rappers are doing it. You know, the rappers are doing it. Yeah. No. Now they're wearing skirts. Yep, because the mm. rappers want it. <clears throat> they're wearing tighter and tighter clothes, clothes that look more feminine than they do masculine. And so that's the image. That's another thing that music is doing. Music is literally blaring the lines between everything. It's blaring the lines between right and wrong. It's blurring the line yeah. between man and woman, blurring the line between... I mean, you won't be able to tell nothing pretty much in the future the way we hit it. You're not going to be able to tell if this person was born a male or female. You're not going to be able to tell if this person is straight or gay. You know, yeah. you're not going to be able to tell if this man is married or single. You know, you're just not going to be able to tell any of that because the lines have been too blurred. And see, that's what Satan, is, that's what Satan does. He makes people appear as though sin does not exist. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When and and if sin doesn't exist, then he doesn't exist, of course. And so, you know, that's the ultimate deception that people get trapped up into. And these rappers keep on talking about the devil and all that stuff, and that stuff seems to fly over these people's head. All they see is the money go change, and you know, all 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 the material stuff. You know, that's just, it's 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 crazy how people really because I really think that you know it's common sense. Really, when you when you look at the word of God for what it is and things like that. I don't care if you were born Muslim. I don't care if you were born Hindu. When you look at stuff for what it is, you know, you will, you will come to the terms and the grips that, you know, the word of God is true. And I, I, I say that because I saw a testimony, too, about a, a Muslim guy, right, who was just logical. He just used his brain, and he found God through Islamism. This, this is what happened. Now, in the Quran, it happens to mention Jesus, who who in the, in the Quran is referred to as Esau, it happened to refer to him as the word of God. So it had got uh, one, of, one of these guys, his name was Muhammad, of course. That's the so common name. His name was Muhammad something. But um, they, they got his testimony on camera, and uh, um, he said that, he, so he went to his imam. Like, it's like, I guess, like a pastor in, in the Islamic uh, faith. But um, he went to the imam, and so he asked his imam, you know, how was 
the world created? How was the universe created? And so his imam, and, and so the imam told him his response was that the world was created by the word of God. And so he said, he asked his imam, he said, so Esau is the word of God, right? So Jesus is the word of God, right? And he said his imam would not respond to that question. He just would not answer that question. And so he said he knew why he wouldn't answer that question because if the if the universe, if the world as we know it and the universe, planets and everything, if that was made by the word of God and Jesus being the word of God, they know that that would make him God and they know that they messed up. That's where the Muslims messed up at. So that's how he found God, and that was just simple. That was just a logical way. Another logical way, even if you're not into religions, you know what I mean? I found, you know, just logical ways just to find God. One, the ways that I really start believing, because I grew up in a church, but I didn't start believing. I didn't, I didn't grow up believing everything that I heard. You know, I, I don't know. I guess I was just faking the phone. But, you know, one day I really got the question to myself. I'm like, what if Muhammad is true? You know, what if what if Ashtaroth and all these other gods can really do this stuff? You know what I mean? Like, what if all this crazy stuff is true? And so, wow. you know, I got I, I started asking myself very simple questions, right? And the first question I believe I asked myself is, why do we wear clothes, right? And so I couldn't find any piece of literature Anywhere, not in any any reference. I, I mean, I don't even know if I can still find. It. I haven't looked for it in a long time, but I don't even know if you can find it today um, in a piece of literature. Why do we wear clothes as human beings? And so the only book that I actually found that in was in the book of Genesis, and it was interesting. And so um, another logical question I had got to asking myself, like, you know, why do we speak different languages? You know what I mean? And so I couldn't find that in any, like, school reference book or anything in the library. I couldn't find any reference. But I found it in the book of Genesis. And so I was just just amazed at that. And so I came across, you know, another logical question. You know, I just asked myself, why do we die? And so it's, it's, I mean, science does have reasons for that, you know, but they call it natural processes. Like, what is that? There's no explanation for natural processes. They have none. So um, I found the explanation in the book of Genesis, you know, when um, Eve. And so um, every question I basically had came up in the book of Eve. How was the world created? You know what I mean? Uh, you know, why do we have seven days in the week? Um, and that's interesting, too, because I found out that scientists and whatever, people back in the days, uh, centuries and centuries ago, tried to pre- um, make 10 days in the week. Right, but mm-hmm. it wouldn't work according to the times of and the seasons um, and the things like that. So they tried to make different days of the week, but it's it's just amazing how we just happen to have seven days in a week, and the Bible tells you why we have seven days in a week. And so, I mean, I find that as no coincidence. I find it no coincidence why the moon revolves around the Earth every twenty eight days, which is a multiple of seven as well. You know, I, I, I mean, all this stuff is, is no coincidence. And then the biggest major shot that I came across now, um, and this is deeper in my studies, because now I became deep, I'm deeply invested in, in just wanting to learn about the Word of God. I, tru- I truly believe Jesus is my Savior, but, you know, that's the beginning of wisdom. So I found out that, you know, the Bible, and this is deep, the Bible is a perfect representation of our DNA. And so I say that to say this because our DNA is two-strand, right? It's a double-strand helix, right? Right. And so it's linked together by four base pairs, adenine, thymine, cytosine, 
Guanyin. So that's the perfect representation of the Bible. The Bible has the Old Testament, one strand, New Testament, two strands. And it's linked together by four base pairs, which would be the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So I find, like, that stuff is no coincidence. You know, when you find that stuff out, I mean, it really just blew my mind because the Bible was a finished art um, at least 15 years, 1,500 years ago. I'm talking about with the verses and everything, everybody, all the editing, you know, the Bible was 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 complete, <clears throat> Old Testament and New Testament, uh, more than 1,500 years ago. And so we didn't find out about DNA until, what, 1990s, you know? Well, well actually, we found out about DNA in the 30s, around thir- like 1930s or the 40s or something like that. Yeah, it was the fort it was the forties. We found out about DNA during the forties and I'll tell you who discovered it in a second. Oh really? That's yeah, interesting. I'll, I'll just I'll tell you who discovered it. Um that, this is about like talking with people of uh, God, you know, you you get so much information, it's it's a knowledge increase, it really is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it now was, who's on the phone? I'm sorry? Who's on the line? Um, just us three. Okay. Just us and, three. And who was the other guy? Who's the who? Who's the other guy? I know who you are. Who's the other guy? Oh, my name is Daniel. Daniel? Yeah. Okay. I'm Tiffany, by the way. Nice to meet you, Tiffany. You too. Sorry, David. No, that's fine. Uh, I, I I thought it was um, another guy that uh, we um, I was talking to earlier, but um, the person who discovered DNA in the, in the structure and its function was Watson and Crick. All right. And they, yeah, it was during the '40s, I believe. Yeah, 1950s actually. They discovered DNA in the 1950s. And it was first identified in the late 1860s by Swiss chemist Frederick Mischner. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, but yeah, you're right. DNA is um, uh, is covered by four base, four major um, base pairs, and mm-hmm. that's cytosine, thymine, and guanine, and adenine, and yes. In RNA, it's, it's uracil, but... Um, right. It replaces the guanine. And you know what's funny about that as well, too? That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying about the word of God, because it matches up with everything that we see in our body. And notice how Moses built the tabernacle, too. He built it, and the tabernacle is a representation of our bodies. The, uh, um, I'll, I'll tell you about that later, but, you know, our bodies are the temple of the living gods, according to the New Testament. It's, it's not according to the Old Testament tabernacle. But... um. So, and the adenine, guanine, cytosine, um, uh, well, no, let me see, adenine, thymine, and cytosine, right? Those, uh, those, those three, they all, they all, you know, link with one another. They're all basically like the same, um, even though one pairs with another. But uh, guanine is different because, you know, with the RNA, it turns to uracil, right? Mm-hmm. So it's different. So guanine is different. 
So that reminds me of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are what you call synoptic books because they basically say the same exact thing. But John, uh-huh. but John is different. And so this is this is a pattern that we see of God. This is how you know something is God. I, I believe God speaks in noticeable orders, rhythms, and patterns. Notice how God said, well, the Bible says, First Corinthians, I'm no, yeah, First Corinthians fourteen thirty three. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So, if God is not the author of confusion, He's the author of order. And I said that to say this because notice how Daniel three twenty five, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, there were three thrown into the fire, but the fourth was different. The fourth was as the form of the Son of God. Mm-hmm. So. This is this is noticeable patterns that we see recorded throughout the Bible. And mm-hmm. so, um, I mean, God really does speak to those. When we're talking about the number four, I mean, literally, uh, it's, it's, it's stuff for days. You know, on the fourth day, matter of fact, the, the world was created using four words. It said, and God, no, it said, God said, let there be light. Four words. And God said that, no, and there was light. And there was light. What did it say? God said, let there be light. So mm-hmm. let there be light. That's four words. That was creation. Let there be light. So God spoke four words, and and there was light. Another four. Notice how they were divided. It was eight words total um, into four. And so on the four, it wasn't until the fourth day that, um, that the the source of light was created, the sun, the moons, and the lights, and the firmament. So light was created on the first day, but it wasn't until the fourth day that the source of light was created. Not only that, God told you. Let me go to the Bible real quick because I I mean it's just awesome. The Bible in Genesis chapter number one. When on, we're gonna to go to the fourth day of creation. I don't know exactly what verse that is. Um, offhand. But Genesis chapter number one, and I have the app on my phone, so it doesn't take me that long. Let's see. God said, "Bring forth." Okay, and God said, "Let," and God said, "Let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from night, and let them be for sign. Let the, let's count, and let them be for signs one, and for seasons two, and for days three, and for years four. So God created the lights for four things on the fourth day. You see those fours repeating." That's not a coincidence. You know, God speaks in these orders and patterns. And even our time, time as we know it is divided into the days as we know it is divided into four uh, time frames. You have morning, evening, noon, and midnight. So, and then you have four seasons, summer, spring, winter, fall. So all those mm-hmm. fours, you know, we have four winds. You know, this is just all these North, fours. west, east, and south. Directions, you know what I mean? Four directions. And so this is this is just absolutely amazing when you find out how um, magnificent and how um, almighty the word actually is. And so when you find out that the word of God is almighty, because the word of God literally created everything we see. The Bible says, for God spoke once, yet twice, but man perceives it not. That's Job 33. Um, I forget what particular verse. And then in Isaiah, he said, God spoke once, yet twice, um, yet what do you say? For God spoke once, yet twice, um, have I heard this? And so, if God is speaking once, yet twice, what does that mean? People don't understand that concept. Um, I asked, I've asked a few people who supposedly are supposed to be Bible scholars. You know, what does that mean? God spoke once, yet twice, and man perceives it not. You know, then Isaiah say, for God spoke once, yet twice. 
you know, what does that stuff mean? So when I when I when I go strictly to the word of God, it just means that God spoke one time. And when yeah. God speaks the word of God, the word of God will be the second thing that you hear. And so um, the word of God is what's doing the work. When God speaks, his word is being manifested, and that will be Christ. And so you have the, I mean, it's, it's just awesome how dynamic the word of God is. When, when you break it down, you can never learn enough about the word of God. There's so much to learn. Um, it, I mean, it's fascinating, but we don't have that being taught in the music these days. You know, people rather really be pumped up with this, you know, Let's go and, you know, have sex with people we're not married with. You know, let's see how many people we can have sex with in our lifetime. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And not married to. You know, that's just the norm these days. You, th- you see how people are being pushed so far away from the standard of God. It's like the standard is being wicked. That's the standard. You know, well, you got to look at the phrase, do what thou wilt she'll be the whole of the law. And I'm going to get into that because we're going into the second hour of the show. So I'm going to get into a guy by the name of Aleister Crowley. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you look at the book of the Bible, and according to the scriptures, we as believers are entrusted with God. You know, we as believers you know, understand that we are you know, we obey the Lord. You know, we look to God for his will for our lives. That's true freedom. That's true liberty. You know, we, we, we look at the Bible. The Bible says that we are, um, it talks about our liberty in Christ. Well, what is our liberty in Christ? Well, our liberty in Christ is us obeying him seeking his will for our lives, not just doing whatever it is that we want to do just because we want to do it. Mm-hmm. But Satanism is the opposite. Satan is, Satan says, do what you want to do. You're not hurting anybody. If you want to sleep with thousands of women or men, do it. Mm-hmm. This is what Anton LaVey taught in his the, the very first Church of Satan that was established in 1966. He said, you know, I am free to just indulge in all of the sexual fetishes and all this other stuff. And so the rock and roll lifestyle is free sex, free love, drugs. Sex, mm-hmm. you know, you've heard of the phrase sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That's mm-hmm. true. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. They're living that lifestyle. Look at Hollywood. Right. You know, uh, look at. You know, it, that, that phrase, do what you want to do, do what thou wilt. So Aleister Crowley was born in 1875. He died in 1947 of complications from his heroin addiction. But he was a Satanist. He believed, he was brought up, Plymouth. his parents were Plymouth Brethren. And Aleister Crowley turned away from his faith, his Christian faith to pursue Gnosticism. He... Mm-hmm was a member of the OTO, which is a fraternity. When he joined that, he started performing all kinds of of, of sexual, sex magic rituals. And the song that Marilyn Manson sung was called, um, you know, Traveling to the Abbey of Thelema, 
Well, the Abbey of Thelema is a temple that Aleister Crowley used to perform all of his sex magic rituals in. And a lot of rock stars looked up to Aleister Crowley. Look at Ozzy Osbourne, The Beatles. Look at The Beatles' album, their Sgt. Pepper Lonely Hearts Band. Look at the left-hand side of, of that album, and you'll see Aleister Crowley. And all of those people that are that, that are seen in that album were called the magic crowd. People that they looked up to, like Jane, Man, Jane Mansfield, who was a high priestess in the Church of Satan. Then you had William Burroughs, who was a Satanist who murdered his wife in a demon-possessed rage. You had hmm. uh, Julian Huxley, um, who was a a one-worlder. He was a Marxist. Then you you had uh, a lot of the Hindu uh, the, the Hindu masters from the East. They they preached about a, a lot of Hindu occultism and and uh, Eastern mysticism and things of that sort. When the Beatles went went over to India to see the the the, the, Ma, the Maharishi Meshi Yogi or something like that, um, they brought back what is called yoga. They made it popular here in the States. And the word yoga means to yoke yourself with uh, spirit guides, spirits. Mm. That's what the uh, word yoga means. Wow. wow. That all came wow. from the Beatles. The Beatles made that all popular. The Beatles made um, all of that stuff popular. And that's where it all came from. You look at their song... Um, uh, they had a few songs that they sung, and I can't remember off the top of my head, but all of their songs, like Revolution Number no. 9, and I want you to listen to that song when you get, when, when we end the show tonight, Number 9, number, and they kept repeating that phrase over and over again, Number 9, Number 9. Now, when you turn it backwards, it says, Turn me on, dead man, turn me on, dead man, and it's called backward masking. Right. Uh-huh. And Aleister Crowley taught that in his book, magic theory and practice. He said, let he who write backwards talk backwards, listen to phonographic me- uh, messages in reverse. Let him say, instead of saying, he am I, uh, let him say, um, I." Uh, instead of him saying, I am he, let him say, he am I. Backwards masking uh-huh. or back masking. So the word back, there's three types of back masking. There's one that's done on purpose. One, and, and there's another one that's taught by Aleister Crowley himself, and then there's one that's purposely in the song, or not purposely in the song, but that's it's it's the the message of the song. So mm-hmm. when you listen to uh, another one, "Bites the Dust" by Queen, forward, and he keeps repeating the phrase over and over again. Notice what I just got finished talking about: subliminal messaging. You're uh-huh. saying that the same. You listen to songs, and you're always wondering why they're saying the same phrase over and over and over again. They're brainwashing you. It's subliminal yeah. messaging, or it's a form of it. So, Freddie Mercury keeps singing the the, the, the phrase. Another one bites the dust. Another one bites. The, and then now you you turn it backwards, put it on reverse, and you know what he's saying? It's fun to smoke marijuana. Wow. So this is uh, a technique that no one could do 
no one could do with all the technology, with all the the, the special uh, effects that people try to do. You know, that's the only one they can't do. So it must be coming from somewhere, and it's strange that this whole that that whole thing is strange. But that's what backward masking is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Led Zeppelin. Who, who sung the song, Robert Plant, the, the lead singer for Led Zeppelin, sung the song, um, <clears throat> Stairway to Heaven. Right. And he uh. says, uh, Dear lady, can you hear the wind blow? And did you know? And then, so, reverse that, and it says, Here's to my sweet Satan. I want to mm-hmm. live it backwards like the Zep, whose power is Satan. Now, that's that's creepy, I don't even like yeah. saying it. Mm-hmm. But see, that that's creepy. And so this is what people are listening to. I heard in the, in, in the store, I think it was in Rite Aid one year, with a friend of mine, and they were playing the song Welcome to you know, Hotel California by the Eagles, who was a popular band back in the 70s. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And there... What does Hotel Cal- what, what does the song Hotel California mean? Well, it's talking about the Church of Satan on California wow. Street. Just look at their album. When when you get a chance to look up their album online or Google it or whatever, and you'll see a man in the in somewhere off in the far left somewhere, and that's a guy by the name. Some people have said that that's Anton Lavey, who was the founder of Satan of the Church of Satan. But all of these songs are what it, written in which language, but I'm going to get into that a little later on. But uh, mm. Aleister Crowley uh, made the, the phrase popular, do what thou wilt shall be the whole, of the whole of the law. There's no law under will, do what thou wilt, which means the law, the, the law of will is the will of Thelema, which means will. And do what you want to do means just that. And so that was a popular phrase during the 60s. Not only was Aleister Crowley uh, a Satanist, a very noted Satanist, but he was the founder or the father of the countercultural movement back in the 60s. <clears throat> so we had the drugs and the free sex back in 1969, Woodstock. Then you had the, the homosexual movement that started in 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 uh California on um then you have um all of uh, the the publication of the Satanic Bible which was uh, in 1969 all of this was happening because of the phrase do what you do without will so in the 80s we started reaping the fruit of the 1960s with the AIDS with the drugs the cocaine, you know, hitting the black community hard. It, it hit the black community really hard. We never recovered from it. And so, but those were, all of that stuff was the result of the 1960s, the, the free love, the free sex, everything. Um, the Beatles uh, sung about drugs. Um, the Yellow Submarine was about getting high. Um the uh, Lucy in the well, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds was LSD. That's what it it means. You know, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, LSD. Um, 
all of these songs. Uh, and and so we look back at it back in the 50s and the 60s. And, and by the way, if um, did, did you just how how long uh, was it? Did you sign on? Did you just just sign on about an hour ago? Yep, 51 minutes ago. Uh, did you hear my explanation on where rock and roll came from, the phrase rock and roll? No, I didn't hear that one. Well, it was a phrase that was popularized by a, a Cleveland a disc jockey, Alan Freed, who was he was a disc jockey in Cleveland, Ohio, and he coined the phrase rock and roll, which meant, well, it was a a um a very popular phrase. It was a slang term for you know, having sex, fornicating in the back seat of a car. Oh. So wow. that's where that came when from. When was that? I'm sorry. I, I want to make sure I get that information. Well, his name was Alan Freed. He was a disc jockey out in Cleveland, Ohio, and he came up with that phrase, the rock, oh, the term rock and roll, mm-hmm. and it's a colloquial term for when sex. When did he come up with that phrase? Wait, you know what year? In the fifties, I believe. I don't know the the, the exact uh, year, but it was in the fifties where he came up with the term rock and roll. He oh, died okay. young, though. He was in his forties when he died. Okay, that's that's neat information. I just wanted to make sure I had that information. Yeah, he. Uh, it's uh, but that that's where he got it from. He died in nineteen sixty five. And um, that's when he came up with the phrase um, rock and roll. Well, I keep saying it's a phrase, but it's a term, rock and roll. And so since then, they've been using it. You know, rock and rollers, you know, it's been called rock music. But it's about sex. So why are we using it in our churches? Why are we calling it Christian rock now? Hip hop. The word hip hop was a term used by African Bombada in in nineteen six nineteen seventy six or seventy seven and he said that there's more to hip hop than just the name. It's a religion. And just so happened thirty years later, here comes uh KRS one publishing a book called the gospel of hip hop mm-hmm. in 2006, telling us that hip hop is not just me, is not just what you're listening to. You are hip hop. Mm-hmm. So stop praying to uh, to uh, Jesus. Be Jesus. Be that. That's what they teach in the new age. That's how you know he's a new ager because that's exactly what they teach in the new age. All the New Age teachers have this theory that, you know, and they make it sound plausible that, you know, Christ is just uh, uh, one of many. You know what I mean? That you are, you can be Christ. Christ just means uh, the anointed one. You know, I've, I've, that's the New Age teaching, and it's really not new at all. It's really ancient. It comes, I mean, all that stuff stems from the Luciferian doctrine, but I'm sorry to say yeah. No, no, no. You're 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 right. It, all of this stuff uh, stuff comes from the Luciferian doctrine. They all believe that they're God, either 
And it comes from the lie that Satan told Eve, that ye shall be as gods, knowing good from evil. So right. it doesn't matter if the five percenter is telling you that Jesus isn't God, but the black man is, the, is God. It doesn't matter if the Kemets are saying uh, basically the same thing. So it doesn't matter. You know, that's the same lie. It's an ancient lie that's been told for thousands of years, 2,000 years to be exact. So, hmm. Can uh, I say something? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, just something something neat, something interesting, um, since you were talking talking about that. Uh, uh, the, the serpent told her that Eve that in Genesis chapter number 3, and um, that number three is significant to the secret societies. When, when they, they worship the number 33 and things like that. Like, they use numbers um, as well. But um, I, I said that to say this because that happened in Genesis chapter number three. And notice in chapter, Genesis chapter number three, verses number six, he saw the tree was good for three things. He saw it was good for um, food, pleasant to the eyes, and with desire to make one wise. Notice how um, Jesus was tempted by Satan three times. There's three forms of sin um, as well. Uh, the Bible says in James chapter 1, I believe it says, all that is in the world is nothing but lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And so um, there's also three stages of sin, also known as three stages of death, which is uh um, James also said, "Then when lust have conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and when sin and sin when it is finished, bringeth forth death." And notice how that phrase "it is finished" is only found one other place in the Bible. Jesus spoke those three words on the cross: "It is finished." So we know what is finished. You know, we, we know what is finished. Uh, three things were finished on the cross: sin, death, and the law. Those three things were finished at the cross. And so. Um, also, Jesus um, started his ministry at 30. He was betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. He was dead for three days. You know, he died at 33. All these threes. So three being associated with the number of sin and death on the satanic side. But on the other side, you know, three is a number of wisdom. It's a number of life, you know, because that's that's the resurrection. That's where the gospel comes from, those three days where Jesus was dead and he rose again. You know, that whole process is where we get the gospel from. So there is a flip side. You know, there's there's the uh, extreme, the one side extreme, which is the life, and there's the other side of the, the spectrum, which is death. You know, so God, of course, uses the number three, uh, as, as in terms of life, we see this throughout the Bible. You know, there was Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. There was Abraham, Isaac, and there was Jacob. There was Noah. Uh, Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. You know what I mean? And so uh, Noah was part of the three patriarchs uh, before uh, the flood, um, which was, who were the three patriarchs? You know, but th these three things, you know, th this is where the uh, uh, studies of God has took me, and I just wanted to say that um, the information about about that because the nations do worship the number three and 33 and it's associated with them as a number of sin and death and all this other wicked stuff. Well, you look at um, a lot of the uh, rock stars that have died, um, and this is called the Stupid Club. The Stupid Club was the, uh, relegated to those who, who have died in their like at the age of 27. Like, um, for instance, the guy by the name of um, Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain. You, you, you had um, Jimi Hendrix. Mm -hmm. 
um, Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember anymore. But um, all of them have died young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and I used to always wonder, well, why are they dying so young? And not only are they dying young, but they're dying tragically. Mm-hmm. Jim so, Morrison. Yeah, Jim Morrison, you know, died of a heart attack, and it was because of the drugs and the, the, the alcohol. You know, Bon mm-hmm. Scott of a- ACDC, you know, choked on his own vomit and died. Jimi Hendrix, I think that was, right? No. Yeah, it was Jimi Hendrix died too. He he died um, from drugs, I think it was drugs and alcohol or something like that. Yeah, you think he was the one that choked on his alcohol? I don't know. You may be right. I think I'm, they all died the same way. You know, they they were all drug. You know, because of the spirits that they've given themselves over. You know, a lot of these these rock stars they lend themselves over to familiar spirits or spirit guides. The, the spirit, it's the spirit guides that give them the music, that gives them the songs to these to their uh to their uh music. And so this is why they're so convincing. They're so I guess they're so good because before they like for instance, Beyonce says that, you know, I can't do any of the things that I used to that I did uh that I'm doing before I become possessed with Sasha Fierce. Mm-hmm. Now notice what she says in the interview. She says, "When I lift up, when I lift up my hands in concert, and I actually felt something come into me." Mm-hmm. She didn't. She didn't just say, "I lifted up my hands and and I turned, I, you know, I started calling myself." No, she said that she felt something come into her, and then that's when she was able to do these, to do the performance. Same with uh, Eminem. Slim Shady? I used to always wonder, who in the world is Slim Shady? Is, he, is this just artistic license? Is he just being creative? Because a friend of mine used to live, a guy that I used to grow up with, he used to listen to Eminem, and, uh, you know, uh, when I was in his room getting my hair cut, um, you know, he had him playing, and I think I think it was a song about him talking to Slim Shady. Mm. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. If this is, is this an alter ego that he's talking to? And then the song "My Darling," which was even more blatant than all the other songs that he's ever done, he's actually talking to a demon. Mm. And the demon is telling him that, you know, you can't get out because you've already sold your soul over to us to get in this game, to get into the rap game, you know, to be a rapper, to rap, a rap artist. And so I'm like, my God, so Slim Shady is a spirit. It's a spirit that he channels, you know, in order for him to do his, his performances. So this is interesting. You know, Jim Morrison, same thing. You know, I, I just already told you about how he became, well, actually, I told Tiffany how he became um, popular. He was a, a film student, and he flunked out, so he ended up homeless, and he was in Venice Beach, and he was on the roof of an abandoned building, and he said that he saw the spirit of Satan. He saw the spirit of music. Uh 
Robert Johnson. I'm pretty sure you've heard of Robert Johnson, the blues singer, the blues guitarist. Went to the crossroads of Highway 61, I think it was. And that's when he sold his soul there, and he came back knowing how to play the guitar. Because before, he couldn't, he didn't know how. Uh, uh, we already talked about Snoop Dogg. We've already talked about uh, Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj didn't look anything like she lo- does now. Mm, hello? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm still here. I, I don't know what happened. The car just dropped or something. Oh. But, yeah, um, Nicki Minaj is the same way. You know, she was she didn't look anything like she does now. But Lil Wayne, res, you know, discovered her. And, you know, as they say, the, the, you know, every, it, everything is history. But... <clears throat> But we all know that this is what's guiding the music industry. You know, they don't just write down whatever it is. And, and none of these 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 artists, they, they write any of their songs. It just comes to them. So who knows? These And, and another thing that I need to, 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 guys, to let you guys in on is that these CDs back in the 70s, those records or those cassette players are prayed over. You know, they're prayed over months in advance before the uh, the records are released. They're master records. Yep, the master is, is prayed over by witches. So they take them in the... That's why a lot of their the, the executive offices are locked because they're there praying over it. And after these, the master is blessed, quote-unquote, then... You know, they make copies off of the master, and that's when everything is distributed after the master comes out. But this is what happens when you're, you know, and so we have to be very careful about what we listen to. Now, uh, it's 25 after 9. Uh, I'm going to leave it open to some questions and some comments. Um, Anyone who's listening, the, the number is... 724-444-7444, 724-444-7444, and the access code is 137404, and we're talking about the spirit behind the music industry. And um, so I'm just going to leave the floor open for questions and comments uh, from whoever is listening or whoever, you know, for you two that's, that's joined the call. All um. Well, I guess I, I I wanted to add just quite a few things based upon um, my knowledge about um, the knowledge that was given to me uh, about the music industry. And so from my knowledge, the music industry is definitely controlled. Now, it's controlled by a single entity. It's a monopoly. It's not a... Uh, what do you call that? Uh, it's not deregulated in, in a sense. It's 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 monopolized, and so um, the same the same the same entity that controls the music, not just hip hop, but all different genres of music. Um, the same entity 
controls entertainment and media mm-hmm. and, and 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 um a lot of other things that it's 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 one entity that basically controls the world but that's 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 plain and simple but um I can see the satanic rituals that these cats are performing you know these artists and whatever genre you know even way back and you know with, with kiss and yeah and 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 Led Zeppelin and people like them, you know, they were doing rituals, satanic rituals on stage. It wasn't, you know, um, it wasn't it wasn't just a show. You know, to people it may look like just a show, but no, they were doing satanic rituals, and they do so all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and and I noticed how they have to be initiated. You have to be initiated to get in. And all these, you got to go through all these uh, things to be in on what these guys are doing. And so I just noticed how, um, even with everything, you have to be initiated with everything, man. You have to be initiated to start a bank account. You got to be initiated to be a Muslim. You got to take the Shahada and everything. You know, the only thing you don't have to be initiated to be in is a Christian, is a person who believes in Jesus and as just Lord, personal Lord and Savior, you know that's the only thing in the world that you know um, you 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 don't have to be initiated, and you come as you are. You know we're not trying to um, we're not trying to initiate you or do something special, you know, to you. But at the same time, the uh, uh, another d- distinguisher from the church and every and a lot of other things out in the world is that. A lot of these things are esoteric, and I have a problem. A lot of these books and things like that, they're esoteric, and I have a, a major problem with people saying that the Bible is esoteric. The Bible is definitely not esoteric. It's not meant to be secret. It's not meant for a specific person. It's meant for everybody that's living and has lived on this planet, you know. So um, it's, um, um, it's, it's a major contrast. It's like you have uh, both extremes. And um, something I noticed about that, both extremes, how that ties into what you were saying, is that people have to have these um, um, alter egos, these other persons. It's evident with Nicki Minaj. She's the Harajuka Barbie. She's Roman. She's all these things or whatever, all these spirits and beings. And Jay-Z is over or whatever <laughs> you think he H is. H to the Izzo, V to the Izzo. Jesus, and Eminem and Slim Shady, you know, the list goes on. And now Snoop Dogg is Snoop Lion and whatever else. All these other alter egos, Beyonce being Sasha Fierce, it's like you had to have an alter ego. It's another rapper and, or, or whatever I, I believe is B.O.B., who said oh, yeah, I've heard to him. Beyonce. You know, he had that same testimony that was similar to Beyonce that I'm sure you probably were going to get into. I'm not going to speak much about it, but these people had, they, you know, Beyonce said it, you know, clear as day. She, she can't even practice the way that she do on stage. It's nothing of her own will. It's nothing of herself. So they're being used as a vessel, much like we should be be being used as a vessel. And another thing that I noticed that the only thing that's similar about the um about the music and entertainment industry and um Christianity, uh Bible Christianity, the only thing that's similar is that both of those uh both of them are out for souls. 
you know, both of them, the only thing that they're after is souls. That's it. You know what I mean? That's yeah, they're, they're after. The only thing is, is that Satan, he's willing to give you all the kingdoms of the world and all that stuff that he, he literally, everything that he offered Jesus, he's willing, he's willing to give that to uh, many people in exchange for your soul. But Christ, on the other hand, he's like, well, you were already going to die. He paid the price. You know, you have to, you know, uh, at least take up your cross and follow me. So, you know, it, you have to get initiated. You you have to get proactive in your own. Um, it's nothing like it's, it's 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 a better incentive. It's a way better incentive with Jesus than it is with 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 Satan. He may look appealing and all that, but it's just, it's just a simple. It's just a simple thing. You talk about eternal life, money can't buy that, you know what I mean? But Satan, he's saying, I'll give you this. Well, money can buy that. You know, money can buy everything that you're offering me, you know. But the things that God has to offer, money simply cannot buy. So he's beat all the way around the board. No initiation required, you know what I mean? You don't have to... Uh, you don't have to do none of that masonry stuff, sacrifice. You don't have to uh, uh, do certain handshakes. No, you don't have to do all of all of this stuff. You want, you know what I mean? You don't have to throw up the the, the Rockefeller sign and things like that. That 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 eye of Horus, which is real old. This is how you know these new age practices are old because they're going back to ancient Kermet teachings, ancient Egypt, you know, civilization. You talking about Nimrod and two ball came time? You know, I'm talking. Genesis chapter number 11 and, you know, a little bit before then, it's just, you know, this stuff is, isn't old. They're resurfacing um, the things that the Bible been talking about. You know, the Bible says, as in the day of Noah, you know, so shall it be also in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So we're not going forward by any means. We're going backwards. And we can see that now um, um it's more evident because we always talking about this transhumanism stuff, and men, are, and we're always trying to blur these lines between, you know, uh, uh, between being uh, Bruce Jenner and being whatever his name was before, you know. Um, Bruce uh, is well, I mean, his, his name is Bruce Jenner, but you know, Bruce Jenner, oh, um, the the Caitlyn, Caitlyn, whatever, whatever the name. Caitlyn Jenner know. now is right. So we're going through all these transhumanism things and all this other. All these other uh, things that uh, we're really just getting into DNA. That's our our main focus is just to get into DNA and really change the information that's inside the DNA. And um, another interesting thing, I don't know how true it is. It's just that I've heard that um, music actually actually changes your DNA depending on what kind of music you listen to. It does something um, scientifically with the molecular structure of your body based on the, the vibrations and all these other um, um, scientific aspects. But it caused, according to uh, one of the sources I saw, I really don't know how true it is because I haven't got time to do deep, extensive research on it. But they said music changes your DNA, and it sounds pretty much right. You know, it changes everything around you. I, I, I suppose it would change the person who you are. I'm not saying that it's that it's true because it sounds like way outside the box. But when you really start to look at the method and the devices of Satan, it really doesn't sound far fetched. Uh, but that's all I had to say. Well, uh, the, what what I heard was when you know music changes a person's brain waves. Uh huh. And so, like I said before, our brains are, are split or 
by two hemispheres, the right and the left. And the left hemisphere controls reason, uh, gives us the ability to discern, and it, ca- it causes us to be logical as opposed to the right side. The right side is a little bit more intuitive. The right side is a little bit more um, creative and more on the emotional side. And music, it, it more or less identifies with that side of the brain and the songs that we're listening to, and this is why we become, it changes our mood. What, whatever music that we listen to, whether it's R&B, whether it's rap, that, it, you know, it changes our mood. You know, we can go from happy to sad with just one song. Just one song. Like, I can be listening to Jay-Z and all of a sudden I can get this spirit of, of anger or angst or I can get a spirit of, of uh, anarchy because that's what rap, that's what hip-hop, or rap anyway, gangster rap, it, 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 it more or less, you know, conjures up that spirit, the spirit of anarchy, the spirit of, of disobedience, that spirit of, of anger, that spirit of rebellion, whereas R&B, it changes our mood drastically. It alters our mood drastically. It, it could cause us to be sentimental. It can cause us to even want to cry. And this is why listening to secular music is so dangerous, because now you're saying that if I listen to a song by Marilyn Manson, Get Your Gun, you know, uh, Suicide Solution by um, Ozzy Osbourne, you know, uh, or Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye, then now I'm filled with, especially if I'm listening to a song by Marvin Gaye called Sexual Healing, now I'm wanting to sleep around. I've got this feeling of lust that's entered into me because my mood has changed. And so uh, these artists know what they're doing. They may be puppets, but they know what they're doing. The the executives and the higher-ups, they know exactly what what they're doing. Um, Ajiti, welcome to the show. Oh, uh, thanks, Dave. I do apologize <clears throat> that I'm I'm late. Uh, as you can hear, I've been I've been talking all day, so I'm kind of hoarse uh, right now. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm just calling in to to show my support and good topic, bro. Well, thank you, thank you. Um, I'm, I was just getting on um, Aleister Crowley and uh, his influence on music and the rock stars that have even claimed to even look up to him. And we, we, we were talking about him and we were talking about backmasking. The um, GT, if you would, if and I know you're not my, uh, my co-host tonight, but if you could, could you explain to the people who are listening what exactly is backmasking? <laughs> Man, that's okay. <laughs> or if you could, if you don't, I mean, if, I'm sorry for putting you on the spot, but you no, probably... I'm, I'm good because I'm I'm driving. But um, from from what I've learned about backmasking is pretty much music played backwards, but within the backward uh, playing, the backwards playing of the music, 
there's a specific message or a hidden message uh, that's there, and it's purposely done to brainwash people who, who listen to it. Mm-hmm. The reason being is because that side of the brain in which you just described, uh, which is much more sensitive to music, uh, it takes it in even when the person doesn't even know it. So Subconsciously, yep. Yeah. So when – and I myself can be guilty of it because I like to work out, but sometimes it's hard to work out <laughs> – to like soft music, or uh-huh. I don't know, but you know, sometimes I need something to, to to really get me motivated. And so what I started doing was listening to dubstep because it's just, just a bunch a bunch of drums and uh, it's just beats. But sometimes they sneak stuff up in there, and you know what I'm saying. Sometimes it catches me off guard. But yeah, I mean, it, your observation or your assessment is correct. Well, but the and, good and thing is, oh, go ahead. I'm I'm sorry. I was just saying it's it's a good thing that he he recognizes it. Mm-hmm. There's some people who don't recognize it and keep listening to it. Yeah, people just don't care, and they believe that it's all part of the act. You know, I, I looked at, and this was last year. I looked at uh, the Grammys, and. Mm-hmm. I stopped after that. I said, "You know what? I'm done." When when I when I looked at uh, the mock ceremony with Madonna, mm-hmm. Britney Spears, and Christina Aguilera, I said, "You know what? Forget this. I'm not looking at television anymore. <laughs> anymore. I'm I'm done." I you know because you couldn't you couldn't be more satanic than that. They were mocking. They were having a mock ceremony of. Two women getting married. Now, if anybody had any discernment, which I'm pretty sure everybody on the call does, mm-hmm. if you were if you were looking at that show, you would notice that that was a satanic ceremony going on. Yeah, because it was a passing of the torch, and you notice that yeah. the year later, Britney Spears had her breakdown, and so Christina Aguilera became more popular after that. Because Madonna was passing on the torch. Now, before then, it was Britney Spears. Britney Spears was the standard bearer when it came to pop music. Then it was Christina Aguilera. She kind of just drifted off into the sunset. Now it's Kesha. Kesha is terrible. I looked at the video by um, the ministry called Good Fight Ministries or goodfight.org, and they had a little clip. It's about a half hour long on Kesha, the, the pop star. She is hideous. She is about as satanic as you can get. She uh, had the song Die Young, which I heard in a mall. It might have been one of those malls I was at when with a friend of mine and his cousin, and we were browsing around, and I ended up hearing the song They're Gonna Die Young because it's a very catchy tune, and this is what trips people up. A lot of these yeah. pop songs have a very catchy tune, so you're skipping and dancing and bopping and re- you know because the song the the song it, it makes you want to tap your feet, makes you want to dance, it makes you want to party, it makes you want to do a, a rave or whatever the 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 trend is now. 
And young people get sucked in because, see, the devil isn't going to come to you with both guns blazing. I am the devil. I am going to take you. No, he's not going to do that. He appears as an angel of light. The Bible even attests to this. Amen. So why is it that we just can assume that the devil's going to be like Yosemite Sam? Put your hands up blow your, or blow your brains out. No, he's not going to do that. He's not going to do that, or he's not going to be a serial killer. He's going to appear to you as, like a nice-looking guy, hair slicked back, nice suit on, and he's going to speak to you with 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 feigned words. He's going to use words and he's uh, that that are going to uh, sound smooth and they're going to sound good to you. And, and before you know it, you're going to be made a, a merchandise of. But anyway, I heard a song called "You, you Die Young" by Kesha. And this was a, an ode or a contributing uh, is a message to the YOLO lifestyle. And what I mean by YOLO is you only live once. You know, party till it's 1999, do whatever the heck you want to do, that, that whole mantra of do what thou wilt. And, but, but Kesha, she, she was... Drinking blood on on in some live performance from a heart. I don't know whether it was real or fake, but she was doing it, which is another satanic practice. You know, drinking of blood. Um, uh, he she was saying all kinds of things. She's told one person that interviewed her on some show that she was a satanist and she was a cult leader. And I'm like, these people, where are these young people that, that, that follow after these, these pop stars and these rappers and these rock stars? Why don't they, why don't they hear about stuff like this when you bring up this, the, the information that I'm bringing up to you guys? They don't say, well, oh, Mike. They don't, they don't listen to these, these stars. And even if they do, they'll turn around and make excuses for it. Well, she was just saying that. You don't really mean that she's really a Satanist. How stupid can you be? It's only music. And you just feel like sitting there, you know, just like putting your hand in your in, in, your face in your hands and saying, you know, you're, you're just blinded. But all of this is, again, I just, uh, let me reiterate that it's all a part of the subliminal messaging. You know, they're brainwashing us. They're using, and they know what they're doing because they know how the brain works. So all these musicians that are getting on stage and they're having all these rituals, you know, they know exactly what they're doing. Some don't, but most of them do because this is what they want to do. This is what they've sold themselves over to do. So any um, other comments, um, questions? Hey, Jay. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, Go ahead, Go ahead. Yeah, do, do, does it seem as if these people are act in, are actually forcing themselves to be so obvious? You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm I, I think about the scripture where God says that they hated me for for no reason. You know what I'm saying? Like they have no reason to be upset with God. He's provided a way to salvation. They have no reason to be upset. But yet, they do everything they can 
to make themselves. It's like they have to force themselves to hate God. That's how bad it is. And that's what I see when I when I see these mock uh, rituals on BT or um, uh, any award show. I actually stopped looking at them a long time ago, but yeah, I I could see the symbolisms uh, in some of the shows that they did. Tiffany, Daniel, any any uh, comments? Yeah, I had I had a comment, but um, I, I was putting the phone on mute because I'm 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 dealing with the kids as well too. So you know you got to multitask when you are a uh, parent. But I did wanted to add something as well too, um, that you said that was unique um uh, earlier on in the show when you were talking about how yoga came from. Uh, where did you say it came from? Um, oh, it it came from the east. It's it's a well Buddhism actually. And um, I'm sorry, not Buddhism, Hinduism. And um, it, it came from the East. And the, the, what the Beatles did is they, they traveled to India to see one of the um, Hindu masters. And they came back and they made it popular here. And so now yoga is very, very popular. Okay. But our, uh, what I what. What I was um um what I was gonna add on to that, you know, from my studies was that um it's funny that you mentioned um about that because there's something that's um and it's creeping into the church, it's a form of yoga and some pastors are even recommending that you do yoga. And before I ever even knew that yoga had what you said about yoga, now I knew that they were introducing something called contemplative prayer into um a lot of Pentecostal churches and things like that. And now um uh, what, what contemplative prayer is, it focuses on um, four main keys, uh, stillness, uh, vision, spontaneity, however you say that word, I'm sorry, but um, spontaneity and, and, and journaling. It focuses on those four things. And so what it, what it does, is, uh, and with this guy who, who, who um, who's really is like the pioneer of it, Mark Berkler, it's Mark, M-A-R, I believe it's M-A-R-C, and last name Verkler, V-I-R-C-K-L-E-R. You can look him um, He was on um, Sid Ross and Supernatural. But um, this guy, he was he was talking about how he, he can guarantee that you can hear the 24-7 um, audible, meaning able to record voice of God. You know, you're able to record everything that he says. And so... Um, and so it was. It was just amazing that they're introducing this because it's a form of yoga. You have to empty your mind. You have to become uh, uh, drunken. You become into a drunken state. And it's amazing how you were talking about yoga yokes. It's, it's yoking with a spirit. You know, with the spirit guy. So you know, I and 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 um, what he was talking about. Um, God was saying to him, or God was saying to him, you know, he should listen to his wife more. I'm not saying that um, that you as you as a man should not listen to your wife. You know, mm-hmm. that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying the God that's leading him to say, listen to everything your wife say. I'm saying that whoever told him that whatever God is not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob, it's all out of order. And right. so. And his whole logical, his whole reason was that um, what God explained to him was that men are more left brain logical and women are more right brain intuitive. You know, she always tells you how she feels and all that stuff. And so, 
you know, um, you should listen to her. And I'm just like, whoa, like, no, that's not God. You know, God don't, you know, it's, 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 it's not about how you feel. You know, it's about what's getting done. You know, the Bible says a lot of those who are going to cry out, Lord, Lord, and, you know, they're they still not going to enter in. So it's not about the the feelings at the end of the day. God, For God so loved the world, so he gave his only begotten son. You know, he already did what he had to do for the entire world. So, you know, that's the love right there. Um, and so I'm just saying it's totally out of order and out of line from what God said. And it sounds like yoga. It sounds like what you were saying about uh, right brain and left brain. So I just was connecting the dots between those two, you know. That's what Mark Berkeley was talking about, being more right brain intuitive, especially if you are um, a male. At least that's what his God told him. And that was all I had to add. Okay. Uh, Tiffany, are you there? I'm here. Uh, Do you have anything to add or do you have anything to say or any questions? Um, No. I'm just listening. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, uh, music is is indeed a, um, a supernatural creation of God. You know, I, I can attest to that. The Bible can even attest to that. And you look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, I think through 21, where uh, Paul says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Right. And he says, you know, giving some, you know, giving yourselves to psalms and 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 spiritual songs. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so, music is a spiritual creation, and the kind of music that Christians ought to be listening to is spiritual. It should be godly. Yeah. It should be. It should honor God. We shouldn't be listening to music that glorifies sex, that glorifies violence, you know, uh, misogyny and and think, misandry and all these other uh, things. You know, we we should, you know, in other words, we shouldn't be listening to music that glorifies sin. No. And uh, we should be listening to music that that that's healthy. And the music that I'm talking about is. Music that glorifies, and I'm not talking about gospel music because I just got finished hearing Kirk Franklin <laughs> saying that yes. I hate religion. Uh-huh. And he, and not only that, but he apologized to the LGBT community uh, for the black church being so homophobic. Ah. Uh. So, okay, so let me get this straight, Mr. Franklin. You sold out to the extent that now you're apologizing for what the Bible says about homosexuality, and so as a result of that, we're being homophobic. Well, he does not represent the church that I go to, and and that means I'm referring to the body of Christ. Right. I did that, honey. Well, he doesn't represent Christian, biblical Christianity at all. He just represents the fact that he he's proven to us that he's sold out. You know, he's in it for the money. You know, he's in it for the money. And not only that, but he's, uh, I don't know if anybody has seen the, the, the video, I Smile. He, um, first of all, he got that from Tupac, 
you know, his video in Scarface. But anyway, um, he uh, had Jill Scott in his video. Uh-huh. And, well, who else did he have in his video? I think it was just Jill Scott. And, of course, I already told you early in the show that Jill Scott is a 5%er. So what is the Christian uh-huh. doing collaborating with a 5%er? Yeah. Oh, you know, Amy Grant. Amy Grant is another one sell out. Um, so well, hey. someone, uh, hello. Yeah. Still oh, here. Oh, what I was going to say is, uh, just like Satan can transform into an angel of light, you have ministers that can do the same thing. They can transform uh-huh. to ministers of righteousness. So when you see somebody like uh, um, Jill Scott, she's a sweet lady, you know what I'm saying? Very beautiful and very talented. But, uh-huh. you know, she reads the Quran and the Bible. You know what I'm saying? That's that's, that's an unstable mind. That's a, uh, what you call double-minded. But mm-hmm. a lot of people are taken in by her beauty her talent, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just like R-, R. Kelly when he wrote or sang that song, I Believe I Can Fly. They were singing it in church. It sure was. I remember that. I remember that. Well, I heard them play Jesus Walks on a gospel station, for real. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I heard that too. Jesus walks by uh, Kanye West. Oh uh, yeah. Even, exactly. What 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 they even did when uh, Michael Jackson passed away in two thousand nine, they sang some of his songs in church. Man in the Mirror. <laughs> wow. They they sang um, uh, Billy Jean, who by the way is a very sordid song. If you really get the chance to sit down uh-huh. and deconstruct the lyrics. Hey, they even did the Thriller song in one of those mega churches, didn't they? Yeah, they sure did. Uh, well, that wouldn't shock me. Oh, my, you got to be kidding me. Don't they know what that what, what Billie Jean means? Oh, apparently no. not, otherwise they wouldn't have been singing it. But, <laughs> you know, but Billie Jean is a sorted song about him having a relationship with an underage groupie. Yeah, that's shock. So I'm like, why in the world would they be singing something like that? Why? But again, this is uh, what what goes on. What happens when you don't have discernment? You know, you have pastors that don't preach against sin. As a matter of fact, you have pastors that preach false doctrine. And I don't know how many charismatic churches I've been. Well, I wasn't a member of all of them, but I've been in in. Uh, I've visited a, quite a few of them, and a lot of them have listened to when Kurt Franklin was beginning to get radical when she when he came out with the the song "Stomp," using by yeah. the way Parliament Funkadelic's beat. Mm, yeah, danced to that in church. <laughs> they sure did. I, I witnessed it with my own eyes. Uh, witnessed it with my own eyes. I was a minister 
back then of of dance in the church. Um, mm-hmm. Had no clue. Had no clue. Um, nobody was teaching us, and so we were praise dancing to that the, that his CD. Mm-hmm. I I cannot believe, and the the introduction of mimes. Does anybody know where that came from? Uh, no, I, I I really want to know. Are you going to tell us? Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what I do know about the idea of mimes. Mimes is uh, comes from an ancient practice. See, during the, the the days of the Greeks, you had actors and you had uh, theater. That's where theater came, the whole concept of theater. That's where it came from, the Greeks. Yeah. And so they would put on masks and they would act because the masks caused the spirit guides that were using them, well, the masks kind of, caused the what uh, made a um turn them into conduits they they those spirits would enter into them those those spirit guys would enter into them and cause them to act the word actor or comes from the greek word meaning to is a liar pretend right to, or to pretend yes so or the, the Hippocrates, that the idea of um, hypocrite is the same Greek word that actor comes from. Wow. I'm not That's the that same one. Greek word. So mimes, the word mime, or the, 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 the whole concept of mimes comes from the same culture. It comes from the same Greek culture. And, and a, a lot of that is straight out of the occult, straight out mm-hmm. of the occult. And so one church that I visited, Charismatic Church, obviously, and they had a mime there. And you know how they do, they do this, and, I, well, I can't show you because I'm on the phone, but, you know, they, you know how they do, you know, those mimes. They, they were, they painted, their, their faces are painted white and black, and I always thought that was kind of creepy because why would you have this in church, when, especially when you don't study the history of where it came from? Yep. You know, because you're putting your pastor, you're you're supposed to study these things. The Bible says to mm-hmm. study, the, to show thyself approved. And then not, after you've studied, you're supposed to rightly divide. Yeah. And so... Pastors are not doing that. They're just taking it because they're trying to be culturally relevant. That's, that's right. And so this is why pastors allow they incorporate rap and hip hop and all this other stuff into the church because they want they they want to keep their young people. They don't want to lose anybody. Mm. Because more people, more money. Let's just put it in brass tacks. More people, more money. So if I lose people, I lose money, I lose my ministry. So the more people I bring into my church, the more money I make, and the more, well, the more money goes in my pocket, and, then, you know, my ministry gets bigger. Just ask T.D. Jakes. Oh, and by the way, did you guys hear about um, uh, your best friend by the name of Tyler Perry going to his church and praying for him? Yeah. 
about that. Laying hands on them? Mm-hmm. Yep. Did you know that he, that the whole Medea thing is a spirit? It's a, it's a spirit guide. Mm. Wow. And it came from him being molested. He, he uh, mm-hmm. said that he was being, he was sexually molested by a man <clears throat> when he was a kid. I think it was a next door neighbor or a family friend or something like that. Mm. And so when he started writing screenplays, not screenplays, he started writing um, scripts for theater, you know, he started, he, uh, you know, noticed the, the whole Medea thing, and that's when he started doing that. And it's funny, though, how he's able, when he starts doing his Medea thing, you know, he sounds like a woman. He can change his voice. He can change his mannerisms, all of that stuff. And Christians are watching his films. Okay, so are you saying that he's able to do that because he may be possessed by a demon? I think so. I, I, would, think... Say so. I would say so, too, because that's actually how a lot of these actors are able to do the things that they do, you know, to act so well. Mm-hmm. I, if I'm not mistaken, it's one it's one of those things that's on the contract. Yeah. Yep. They um they sign a contract, but notice what Jesus said in his word, you know, I've spoken in front of everybody, I'm paraphrasing, but in in, in secret have I said nothing. So that, he's speaking out against the secret societies and all these people that take oaths. You know, Jesus didn't take any oaths. So all of these other actors... Like for instance, I, I've already explained the GT when I before you came on to uh, when you before you called in, I was talking about um, what is this guy's name? I was talking about Denzel Washington and the interview that he had with Ed Bradley, and uh, he explained to him that you know I got on my knees and I prayed to the spirits or I communicated with the spirits. And when I got up, I was in charge. And then um, Ed Bradley added powerful scene power, and then here it comes um, uh, Washington saying powerful scene. I couldn't have acted that. I couldn't have taken the time to write that down. And I'm like, uh-huh. wow, really? These guys are actually telling us that they're doing this. And people love Denzel. Yeah, they even so say that he's a Christian. You can't tell them anything about him. Mm-mm. They won't listen. Mm-mm. Now there are there are some professing Christians believe that he is a believer because he did that film, uh-huh. the, the the Book of Eli, uh-huh. and that the the Book of Eli was actually him discovering the Bible and him protecting yeah. it from those guys that are, that were trying to kill him. I I didn't see the movie, so I don't know. But uh, yeah, I like <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't see it, but. I'm saying to myself, he's no Christian. Did you hear what he just said? But it's Denzel. 
I'm good. How you doing? You know, it's Denzel. <coughs> but um, I don't know. It, with me, I it's it's amazing to me how people are so dumbed down that they don't uh, they don't know what's happening. And um, okay, it's it's ten o'clock, so I might as well just explain who the Illuminati is. Uh, the Illuminati was started in 1776, the same year that our country was born, uh, May 1st. <laughs> and May 1st is a very significant date, and I'm going to tell you why, in the occult anyway. May 1st is the day of Psalm Juan, which is the day of the dead in in Druid in you know Druid uh, tradition. Uh-huh. Um, May first is also the day that witches get together to have their ceremonies. Not only that, but May first is the day of that communists come together. That that communism's birthday. Uh-huh. But uh, it was May 1st, 1776, where the Illuminati was started by a guy by the name of Adam Weishaupt. He was um, a professor at the, at the University of Ingolstadt, which is in Germany. And I think it was before, you know, after that, you know, um, they were running roughshod through Eastern Europe, and they were forced underground but they still remain prevalent. They remained alive. And the the pyramid, which is their symbol, the, the, the pyramid is composed of the, the the bricks on the pyramid anyway. They're, they're composed of 13 of the most powerful satanic bloodlines or the bloodlines of the Illuminati. And at the top is the Rockchilds. And at the very top is that that the eye, the eye of Horus, mm-hmm. or the eye of Lucifer, which, which sees all. But uh, I want you to look at a guy by the name of Fritz Springmeier. You know, look at a video where he talks about all thirteen of the Illuminati <clears throat> bloodlines, and he'll he'll really get into it about it. But they're all in. In aspects of, of the media, they're in the in, the, the music industry. They're, they're in um, entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. They're everywhere. They're they're all over. And it's not a Jewish con- a conspiracy. They're not. It's not a Jewish conspiracy at all. Some people believe that it is, but it isn't. And these secret societies they control the money supply. They control presidents, they control the senators, they control, they're in politics and things of that sort. How do you think Obama got into office two years, twice? (laughs) Despite the fact, well, it was because of the liberal media, but people are now beginning to wake up. Not a lot, but people are beginning to wake up and see what's going on and a lot of, but again, the uh, the Illuminati they 
start wars or they start chaos and then they find a solution for it. And that's called problem, reaction, solution. That's the Hegelian dialectic. Yeah, Dave, a a perfect example of that is the French Revolution. Mm -hmm. What they did was they caused the inflation within the country and the people started to rebel because they was trying to figure out why was the you know why was it such a, a food shortage? Mm-hmm. They they actually caused the food shortage and the inflation mm-hmm. on on grain, and then blamed it on the monarchy. And yeah. because the the king and the queen were killed, uh, and that was the result of you know what I'm saying what the Illuminati was doing in the back in the background. Uh, the same with Napoleon. Napoleon was simply let off the hook because he was going for the gold, but the Illuminati uh, stopped financing him, and I believe they uh, they uh, financed the uh, the other side, the opposing the opposing side, and Napoleon pretty much just bowed out. But they they have the power to manipulate uh, wars in in the way that they want them to go. Yep. yep. Yeah, they're in... Go ahead. Oh, I thought you were going to say... Uh, T- Tiffany, were you going to say something? No, no, I was just in agreement. Oh, okay, sorry. But, uh, yeah, you're right, Najiti. It, it's um, pretty evident that the, the the power or the the money supply like for instance the the establishment of the um the the, the federal reserve act of 1913 um that that's another example Woodrow Wilson was running for president and they pulled him over to the, the bankers did they pulled him over to the side and said well if you pass this bill then you will be elected president so members of Congress were all away on Christmas break. So <clears throat> they all went to uh, an island off uh, called Jekyll Island, and they passed the bill. They passed the, the Federal Reserve Act of 1913. And these people were not elected officials at all. They were all bankers, all of them. Yeah, I think what well, the issue – with with this situation is, well, let's think about it. Congress pass laws all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's legal for them to pass laws because of they're the legislative branch of the government. Right. Um, but when they give power, when they give their power to another entity or another body, it becomes unconstitutional. And that's exactly what they did in 1913. They gave the uh, the international bankers um, permission to print and coin our money. And as a result, we started borrowing money from the international bankers, which yep. uh, sent us into um, debt. And it, it sent us into debt so fast that we ran up on the uh, uh, the Depression, the Great Depression, in the 1920s. 
And yeah, that's exactly what they did. The, the Congress is one of the is, is a legislative branch of government, and just like Majit explained, they gave the bankers the power to uh, to legislate this bill. And so when they were all on Jekyll's Island, because they, all of this was done in secret, no, nobody knew about it until after the break. And so after, when when Congress came back from Christmas break, you know, there's nothing they could do about it. You know, the, 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 the bill had already been passed. And 20 years later, we're in debt. We're, we're you know, we're going through the... Um, in the 1930s with the, the Great Depression. And not only that, but there's something else that some of you guys need to know. All of these guys uh, were behind the financing of communism. Now, communism could not have been successful without somebody backing, without them backing it up financially. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Vladimir Lenin, Starting the uh, the Bolshevik Revolution in 1913, no, I'm sorry, 1917, and um, you know him and Leon Trotsky, they they started this whole Bolshevik Revolution, and how was it able to be successful? How was Lenin and Stalin able to kill all those people so successfully because they were financed by the elite? How was Hitler able to come out of nowhere and become Chancellor of Germany? Even after Germany was in debt, they they were just in financial ruins. And then Hitler comes out of nowhere and says, "Well, I'm here to bring change." Sound that does that sound familiar? Yeah, it does. And you know what? Uh, Proverbs <clears throat> in Proverbs, the Lord warns us to be a, a company or associated with people who are given into change. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, oh, if okay. I if I if I could, if you don't mind, uh, touch a little bit more on the money system. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So there's this thing called inflation, right? Mm-hmm. Inflation pretty much is when uh, your normal products in the market go sky high. The reason that happens is because the currency is weak. Yep. And the currency becomes weak when you print too much of it at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, somebody saying something? Mm-mm. Uh, I heard something, something in the background. Okay. But, yeah, so... Pretty much when they when they uh, uh give me a second, me GT, I'm gonna be right back. Okay. Yeah. Well pretty much when the uh Great Depression happened, they fixed it by loaning the United States more money. Mm. So from that point on, even up until this day, if you wonder why America is in trillions of dollars mm-hmm. in debt, no, it's not only Obama's fault. No, it's not no. only Bush's fault 
is all of the presidents before them fought lead uh, all the way up to 1913. Hmm. What we learn in history is that several presidents were targeted for trying to fight against these international bankers. Yeah. Uh, back in the 1800s, they were called central banking systems. I'm back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Andrew Jackson targeted his assassin didn't uh, uh, didn't complete his task because Andrew Jackson was already he was like almost like a thug president. <laughs> he, uh, that's the only way I can ex- like he would challenge people to duels. Mm-hmm. And, and and actually went. Uh, and then we got the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln assassination is tied into the central banking system because he loaned him money to fight the war against the South, but he paid it back. Mm-hmm. He redeemed back. Right. He refused to accept any more um, help from them. Oh, so the setup, they set it up, assassinated him. Uh, I can't remember the potbelly president who was assassinated in uh, 1908. I think his last name was Harris. Uh, Harry, uh, I went and tra- Harry Truman. It was. Uh, don't quote me on it, but he was shot in the stomach. He was a potbelly type uh, president. <laughs> he was shot in the stomach because he fought against the. Uh, Banking uh, system. Hmm. And then we go all the way up to JFK. Yes. Hold on, I'll be right back. Go ahead, Dave. Um, I'll be right back. Well, yeah. Um, JFK was murdered because he had. He he delivered his speech, and he exposed the powers that be that were behind the Federal Reserve. He was going to try to shut it down. He was going to shut it down. He, he um, it was an executive order, eleven one eleven one zero four something like that, where he was going to shut down the Federal Reserve. But he was murdered before he could ever get that done. Mm. And so when he was killed, uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson took over. And then after that, then um, in 1971, um, no, not in 1971, it was 1973, I believe, or 1974, where when uh, Richard Nixon uh, tried, he, he, I think Richard Nixon um, took the dollar and he, uh, I think he removed the, the gold standard from the dollar or something like that. Okay. And that was the end, and, and we've been in a free fall ever since. So the powers that be are behind these presidents. They're, they're behind the, the, that's why they're able, see, that's why a lot of them that, or in Congress, they're able to stay until their 80s and 90s. Instead of doing two terms, they're able to stay for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. 
Okay, I'm back. Okay. But, yeah, go ahead. But, yeah, I, I heard you explaining about JFK's death. Yeah, um, he, JFK, he put out an executive order that um, some believe is still, is still binding today. All it needs to be is enforced. Uh, mm-hmm. Executive order 11,110. Oh, okay. I thought it was 11104, but it's 1110. Yeah. And it pretty much strips strips power from the Federal Reserves. It strips Uh power from them. And, you know, they weren't, they wasn't hearing that. So, yeah, they they killed the poor man. Mm -hmm. But now, uh, the thing that David is talking about concerning the Illuminati. We get into a lot of um, mysticism, and that's what they're into. They're into the esoteric knowledge of the of, of the ancient world, per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Illuminati was called the Brotherhood of the Dragon or Brotherhood of the Snake, according to Mr. William Cooper, who was killed, unfortunately, for being a whistleblower. But uh, the way that JFK was assassinated, if I'm not mistaken, it was on the 33rd parallel of the uh, of the land longitude. If you look on yep. the uh, like on an atlas and you find the 33rd parallel, it'll run mm-hmm. straight through uh, Texas, where JFK was assassinated, and they believe that they set it up just that precise. To happen, mm-hmm. to 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 like a like a sacrifice, human sacrifice. Yeah. And I tell people who are part of like these sororities and Freemasons uh, and stars, I tell them what they are into is a Boy Scout version. <laughs> the 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 elite. Oh, they do the real human sacrifices. They do it. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh-huh. I'm glad you brought that up because now I'm going to talk about uh, symbolism. And what the GT and I talked about, I think it was the other day, Satan or the occult teaches the uninitiated through uh, symbolism, symbols. So... Um, you have Jay-Z throwing up the, the diamond sign or the pyramid. Sometimes he does it with one eye, sometimes he doesn't. But he throws it up during his conference, doing his, during his uh, live uh, performances. You've got Beyonce doing the same thing. And sometimes she holds up the AOK sign, mm-hmm. which is not an AOK sign at, any, at all. It's the 666 sign. Okay. Uh, Sometimes, you know, and then uh, at at one time she had on this outfit that had bassinet on it. Not only that, but she had the upside down uh, pentagram on on a ring finger, well, on a ring that she had on her finger. So what does all these mean? What 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 is the 
the five pinnacle, the five star, uh, the, the five pointed pentagram mean? What does that mean? Well, in witchcraft, it means the five points of the pinnacle, which is earth, wind, water, fire, and spirit. But if you invert it, then that means it's it's representative of the good of Mendez or Satanist church. And you have the upside down cross with the question mark at the bottom. Blue Oyster Cult, the rock group, had that in all of his... Uh, album covers and things of that sort. And that means to question the, the the death or the work of Jesus Christ. Um that's the the um and then you have uh, a lot of other like the obelisk. Uh that's a phallus. That's a representation of um um, the male reproductive organ. Yeah, yeah, the male. Mm. Not only that, but it's it's regeneration. It's like the ankh. The ankh is representation. It's representative of the of regeneration. Um, you've got um, other. You know. Uh, you know. You've got the. Uh, I'm sorry. Typology. Yeah, you, you've got. Uh, wait, t- did you say typology? Yes. Oh, uh, I've never heard of that. Could you explain? It's just um, typology is just a representation. Uh, for instance, um, the tabernacle in the Old Testament typology of the body to so the bodies of the temple the living God. Oh, types and antitypes. All right there you go. Yeah. Oh, okay, I, I got it now. Types and antitypes. But uh, but you have. Um, you know, when you go to Washington D.C., you have you have the um, you know the yeah you, you've got the you've got the the, the obelisk you've got yeah you've got all those things you know you've got a picture or a photo not a photo but you have an, a statue of Poseidon right in the middle I think it's where, because I haven't been to the, the D.C. in a while, where, where is that? The, 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 do they have, like, Poseidon, um, uh, a statue of Poseidon there? I'm not sure. I, I forgot, um, but these, uh, it, the United States have uh, pagan symbols everywhere. Mm-hmm. They got everywhere. I mean, you got New York, you have Samarimus. Yeah, Statue of Liberty. Liberty. And, like, even even on her, within this Statue of Liberty, um, first you have the the crown crown around her head, which is supposed to symbolize the rays of the sun. So you have sun worship, the the concept of sun worship Mm -hmm. is in with the uh, worship of the Queen of Heaven. Mm. Uh, and then you the torch, the torch that she holds in her in her hand is supposed to now this is this is mysticism. This is what they teach. This flame is supposed to be the eternal flame of the Illuminati and the light of the torch is supposed to symbolize that. So not only that 
but it's supposed to symbolize um, the uh, you know an enlightenment, right? You know the yeah. enlightened ones. So uh, I thought you were going to say something else, Nujit. I'm sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Oh, but yeah, it's supposed to represent. Uh, the enlightened ones, the uh, the ones that have been enlightened by, you know, by esoteric knowledge, and and another thing I want to bring up real quick, you have you have a lot of your enlightened thinkers that we all believe were Christians, and <laughs> those the the founding fathers were not Christians at all. You have John Locke and you have Thomas Paine, who mm-hmm. wasn't even American; he was from England. Uh-huh. And Thomas Paine brought Benjamin Franklin over here. Not only that, but Thomas Paine wrote uh, Age of Reason, who, you know, and in that book he denied Jesus Christ. He denied um, miracles. He denied even the gospel. He said because it's not sensible. And all of these enlightened thinkers, they either denied that God, that Jesus Christ was God, or they openly denied biblical Christianity because it was not, it did not identify with human reasoning. And back then, during the age of, this is called the Age of Enlightenment, or, um, yeah, it's called the Age of Enlightenment, I forget what else it was called, but, um, or German Rationalism. And back then, these thinkers, their god was reason. You, you have a lot of your Greek philosophers like Aristotle and Descartes and um, Plato. Descartes says, "You know, I am there. You know, I think, therefore I am." Now, in the Bible, the word "I am" is in reference to deity. Uh-huh. So you got a guy saying, "I think, therefore I am." That's a clear reference to the denial of scriptural deity and now you're saying that I my knowledge you know man is at the seat of godhood in other words we are the the, the captain humanism teaches that I am the captain of my own ship so this is why mm-hmm. you have people like Erica Badu and I'm going to make this correlation you know, people like Erica Badu and Jill Scott and all these others thinking that you know uh, Karis one they're saying that we don't need God we don't need the God of the Bible all we need is our knowledge esoteric knowledge knowledge reigns supreme uh, that's what KRS one calls himself uh, uh. so John Locke and, and all of these other enlightened Benjamin Franklin Thomas Paine Thomas Paine wrote the pamphlet Common Sense and by the way, the the phrase "age of reason" is on the Georgia Guidestones. Huh. You know, and I'm gonna read. I'm sorry. I was just saying, you know what the Georgia Guidestones are about. Yep. <clears throat> but I'm gonna read that to you in a second. I'm gonna read that to you in a second. Isn't the Godstones about that um, 
bringing the world to like uh, 500,000 people, something. Depopulating yeah. the world, yeah. Yep, depopulation. World depopulation. It's the um, the Ten Commandments from the Dark Side. Uh-huh. And it was written... They're going to do it. It's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. You know, like in Isaiah, it says that the Lord will bring the, uh, how does it say? He says, uh, a curse has devoured the earth, and few men are left. Few men are left. Uh, in another place in Isaiah, he says, man will be like uh, uh, the precious ochre. Like, the population, like, it, it, it it's just crazy. It's just crazy how things are going to play out in, in the last days. I mean, when it will be just as hard to find another human being as it is to find a precious stone in the earth. Wow. But, yeah, the the, guy, the Georgia Guidestones was erected March 22, 1980, by a guy by the name of R.C. Christian. That's not his real name, by the way, but we don't know who he is. And it says, let these guidestones to be to an age of reason. So this was, um, so of course, you know, Tom, uh, Thomas Paine wrote the book Age of Reason. So it's kind of strange that this phrase would be on one of the, on the monuments. Let these guidestones to an age of reason. So, you know, the sponsors, you know, again, the author is R.C. Christian, who's a pseudonym. So we don't know, excuse me, we don't know who he is. I think it's Satan, but we don't know who this man is. All we know is that the author of the the, the monument went by the name of R.C. Christian. And the sponsors, a small group of Americans who seek the age of reason, who seeks the age of reason? Luciferians do. Hmm. So, have you ever noticed that a lot of these uh, these presidents, like for instance uh, George George Bush, Barack Obama, all of them, they all wanted a new world order. They all mm-hmm. called for a new world order. Announced it in their speeches. Yep. You know what a time to what 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 a uh, age what a time to 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 be alive. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid in in elementary school. I never thought that. First of all, I never thought that this would even happen. No. But it is happening, and you know, we, we as a believer, not only do we have to remain prayerful, but we have to, you know, continue to be on on the lookout. We have to continue to be watchful. You know, the Bible says for us to be wise as serpents, but gentle as doves. So um, I'm I'm still leaving it out. You know, I'm still um, opening the floor for comments, questions, 
Well, look, Dave, um, this whole thing about, um, what was that last point you was uh, speaking on? Um, the Illuminati, oh, the New, the New World Order. Okay. The Illuminati, and then you have the Freemasons. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Illuminati infiltrated the Freemasons. So the Illuminati is a secret society within a secret society. The Freemasons pretty much find their origins in the Knights Templar. Mm-hmm. I'm not, not going to go into all the history, but it's satanic too. It's just the satanic. So the Illuminati, as you spoke of, was created by Adam Weishaupt in 1776 which is represented on the back of the bill on the, on the step pyramid, or the, the pyramid was set, 13 steps. But there was a guy, a high-ranking a high Freemason by the name of Albert Pike. Mm-hmm. He, wrote a book, he wrote a book called Morals and Dogma. Mm-hmm. And in there, he confessed that Lucifer is God and that the Lord God, Yahweh God, he is the evil God because he's trying to keep man or humanity from reaching his potential to be, to be gods themselves. So he asks the question in, moral, in, in Morals and Dogma. He says, what type of devil uh, would you call a devil that brings light? Because Lucifer means light bearer or right. the, the bringer of light. So he looked at Lucifer as as the good God and looked at our God as the bad God. Mm-hmm. Now, to set in order uh, the the plans for a new world order, he wrote three specific things down. There are three things that needed to be done. First, start a world war and bring and introduce the world to communism. He, now, he wrote this around the late 1800s, uh, not too much longer after the Civil War. The Great War, the World War um, One, started shortly after the 19th century. So we see how that plan had already began. So communism would be used yeah. to, spread, to spread throughout Europe. And anybody who knows what communism is, it's an atheistic type of government, uh, socialism, uh, Marxism, anything that you can think of that is associated with leftist and liberal views. Everything is wrapped up in, uh, in, in communism. But the government is the sole controller. Uh, so to use that to spread across Europe or other um, lands, that would be... That would have that was the second plan that he wrote down. Use that to spread, uh, start a second world war to spread communism. And why did America join to stop communism? But the third world war, which I believe uh, this is that the plans are already at work. The third world war was to uh, bring about a war between the Christians, the Jews, and Islam. And for the last 15 years, 
we've been we've been fighting a war against uh, Islamic terrorism or radical Islam. Not only that, we see how some of this persecution is turned towards the body of Christ when it comes from either one of these groups. Uh, we understand that the Jews, they are God's people, but let's remember a lot of the Jews are still in blindness. And for Christians, and even in Israel, they face persecution from, from Jewish people. <clears throat> so this whole war, this whole third world war, uh, is supposed to uh, bring all these religions together to fight. And out of the out of the chaos, they bring a new world order. Yeah, that was order his, out of order out of chaos. Yeah, that was his that was his goal. Uh, I would I would encourage you all to um, read Morals and Dogma. It's, it's free online, if I'm not mistaken, and it probably costs like fifteen cents to download it. Well, communism has always been one of the Illuminati's greatest threats against not only f- political freedom, but um, it was used to spread their anti-God, their anti-biblical worldviews, and it's worked because, in a you know, cultural Marxism has done a, mar- a masterful job and dumbing down the public, dumbing down the populace. Um, <clears throat> and how do I, what, what am I talking about? Well, first of all, what cult, cultural Marxism is <clears throat> the Marxists saying, well, okay, well, we can't bring down the country by force, so what we'll do, we'll infiltrate our, we'll infiltrate the culture with our ideas. So 30 years ago, porn went all right, but now porn is okay. We've got porn, pornography is easily accessible. And we've already talked about the music. We've already deconstructed the music industry and how satanic it is and how it's done a masterful job in brainwashing and getting our young people to just live the, the you only live once lifestyle, the party lifestyle. So, and then not only that, but cultural Marxism has dumbed us down so much that we can't tell the difference between, you know, not only that, but cultural Marxism has dumbed us down to the point where we believe, well, dumbed us down morally anyway, we we believe that homosexuality is perfectly healthy. So this leads to the breaking down of the family, breaking down of family values. Um, You know, you see more and more single-parent households. We see more and more children being born out of wedlock. We see more and more marriages breaking up. You see more and more people not getting married at all, but they're cohabitating. We see an explosion of sexually transmitted diseases because of this lifestyle of You only live once, so live it up while you can. Because when you die, that's it. What a nihilistic worldview to have, but this is what cultural Marxism has done. And and the Marxists knew that. The Marxists knew 
that, well, we can't really overthrow the country by force like Lenin did over in the Soviet Union. So here's what we'll do here in America. We'll, for, we'll feed the public our view, our Marxist views gradually. We'll dumb down the public. And it all started with education. You know, it all started with education. Education has made an impact with how we think critically. So the average person today, you can't have a conversation with, you can't have a logical conversation, especially when it comes to politics, because they've been dumbed down so much by the public. And <clears throat> the the, the uh, I want you guys to look up when you get when the show is over. Look up outcome-based education, and I want you to look up a guy by the name of John Dewey. John Dewey was a an educator. He was the founder of out, out, uh, outcome-based education. He was a socialist. He was an atheist. He believed in evolution. Um, he wanted to introduce the look-say method when it came to reading and writing. So when you know, people that graduate from high school now, especially the public school system, they graduate from high school and they don't they, they, they're functionally illiterate because of the teaching methods that's been implemented by uh John Dewey's views. Hello, is anyone on on the line? Yeah, I'm still here. GT? No. Uh, hello? Yeah. I don't know what that was. Yeah, the phone, the line just went quiet. Yeah. Um. On the educational um aspect, um, what is this thing about Common Core? Now, I heard Common Core was that that uh program that help facilitate the illiterate um the 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 fluctuation of illiteracy amongst high school graduates. Common core? Yeah, common core. Uh I've never even heard of that to tell you the truth. Yeah. I've oh, the Common Core that. States Initiative Standards Initiative. Does anybody else know know about it or ex- has some type of experience with it? Uh-uh. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up now, and it says that it's an educational initiative in the United States that details what kindergarten through 12th grade students should know in English language, arts, and mathematics at the end of each grade. Yeah, it I heard says, a lot of connections with that. Hmm. Yeah, it started in the 1990s. The standards and accountability movement began in the, 19th, in the U.S. as states began writing standards, A, outlining what students were expected to know and to be able to do at each grade level, implementing assessments designed to measure whether students were meeting the standards. As part of the education reform movement, the nation's governors and the corporate leaders found, found it achieved incorporated in 1996 as a bipartisan organization to raise academic standards and graduation requirements. 
See, this is all a part of that outcome-based education standard of teaching. You know, the reason why they're spending millions of billions of dollars and the schools are closing down because they're not able to, to, to remain whatever, you know, they're, they're closing down because, it, you know, the money is not there for them to remain open. It's because the students are not learning anything. And then the students, and it's not because they can't learn, but because the teachers are being exposed to the same, the same pedagogy as the students are. You know, they're, they're being exposed to the same pedagogy as the students. So they're getting it from the student. The, the students are getting it from the teachers. The teachers are getting it from their teachers, and their teachers are getting it from their teachers. So all of, these, all of this stuff was implemented by John Dewey. And I can't remember it's another person that that's responsible for this outcome based education stuff, but the Marxists implemented their ideas in education that was the first thing they did so you know how how many people have you talked to that don't know the three uh parts of of government you know legislative judicial and le and uh, you know, how many people do you know don't know that? You know, executive, legislative, and judicial branches of government. They don't, they don't, they can't tell you. You know, because, and, and then not only that, but it's, 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 it's getting worse. Well, you know, uh, now, any form of patriotism is seen as a, a terrorist threat. Yep. Yep. So if you did, if you did know these things, uh, beware. They're watching you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Rockwell. They're all. I get the feeling that I'm being watched. <laughs> but um, all right, it's ten fifty three. Are you going to do the show tomorrow with me, or um, do I have to? Um... Yeah, we're still on. We're still oh, on. Okay. Okay. I've already committed, so I can't turn back now. Can't turn back now. It seems like all the other callers did. <laughs> <laughs> East Maryland logged out, and so did uh, Tiffany. But um, but yeah, I'm glad that you could make it. And do you have any other um, anything else that you want to say? You know, now that I only have six minutes left. Uh, I just you know wanted to apologize for coming up late, but I wasn't a co-host, so I mean I should be excused on that one. But um, just. You know, I had this discussion earlier, the same discussion with some of my coworkers. And one of them said that, you know what I'm saying, the way that we believe, you know what I'm saying, these conspiracies, which I don't see them as conspiracies because all the evidence points to them being true. So it's mm -hmm. a long conspiracy. But they say people with uh, 
who has the mindset of a conspiracy theorist have low IQ. Hmm. And they you write books, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm just a to me, I'm just a, a humble guy who just reads a lot and studies a lot and that's it. But you you have a very high IQ. I wouldn't think that because you looked at the evidence of these so-called conspiracies and would say, oh, you have a lower IQ, I mean, IQ based off of that. And it, it, it bothers me because when you start, when you try to reason with them, actually when you start reasoning with them, with them when you show them, okay, these things are impossible unless somebody else had a hand in it. And they say, well, yeah, that's true. Well, why do they have, <laughs> like, why do they have uh, uh, fluoride in the water? Why do they keep genetically modifying food? Why do they keep people addicted to pharmaceuticals? Why are people addicted to pedophilia and uh, pornography? Why are people addicted to drugs? Why are people addicted, addicted, addicted to sex? So on and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why? It's like they enable all of these things. You know what I'm saying? We can't ultimately blame them because we are the ones that make the choices. Mm-hmm. But when you are slowly being conditioned to accept certain things, I I I think it goes to show that, you know what I'm saying, like these people don't have uh, or are being taken unawares without even know it, knowing it. And I just wish any or uh, pray that anybody who think conspiracy theories are wacky and people who think like that don't don't have a high IQ to think again. You know, look back at your history. Look back at the history of the country over these past years. Look at what Ralph Eperson said, the uh, conspiracy view of history. There is such a thing. Not the accidental view. He developed two charts. The accidental view of history, that's the history that we're taught in schools. Mm-hmm. The conspiracy view of history is the history that they don't want to tell us. Like, how many people know that in the 1800s there was an anti-Mason party in the, within the government? anti-Mason party. Not the Republican, not the Democratic Party. It was the anti-Masonic party. And it was a legal party. Mm -hmm. But it's those things, you know what I'm saying, that I want to encourage the saints to look up. You know, don't let anybody make you feel like that you're trying to be a Mr. Know-it-all because it's, it's it's really not fair when you're you're humbly trying to learn about history because you want you don't know saying you want to you just want to know and being a Christian when it comes from a Christian perspective it makes it even more the better to have an understanding of these things. Mm-hmm. So. Again, I just want to encourage people to to, to do their research and, and study on these things. 
don't go down that rabbit hole that I've seen a lot of people go through um, when they start looking at all these conspiracies and now everything is a conspiracy and they start wearing aluminum foils on their head and all this other stuff. You don't want to do that. You know, well, just, here's the thing that I'm concerned about is that they're looking at the wrong, well, they're reading the wrong information. And so when they're confronted with the truth, then now I'm a conspiracy theorist. So if we're talking, if I'm talking to you about the Illuminati, or if I'm talking to you about the powers that be that are actually behind the scenes operating the country from behind the scenes... And you're saying to me, because you've looked at some crap that had nothing to do with truth at all, and you're saying, well, you're just a conspiracy theorist. Well, wait a second. Did you even investigate the information that I just disseminated to you? Or are you just going to just insult me? See, the Marxists discourage critical thinking or independent thought, this, this idea of groupthink, which is pretty prevalent, especially in today's culture. And so information that we discover from Scripture, from various other sources, is not going to be accepted too readily because of the the general consensus is it's too conspiratorial. Well, wait a second. Well, is the Bible conspiratorial? Well, no. Any Christian that's got a lick of sense, spiritually speaking, would know that the Bible from top to bottom, from Genesis to Revelation, is true. It's not conspiratorial. It's not from some writer that didn't have anything else to do and he was bored and he just said, you know, you know what, I'm going to sit here. No, it was these writers were inspired by Scripture, 1 Peter 1, 21, 2, 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit, all of it. And so it can't be conspiratorial. So if you're a Christian and you believe that, then why in the world, according to Bible prophecy, now this is all akin to Bible prophecy, everything that I've just got finished discussing from the time I started the show until now has been according to what Bible prophecy taught or Bible prophecy teaches. You know, the music industry, all of that, that's, that's a part of Bible prophecy. It's going to come, you know, in in the last days, perilous times shall come. People shall be lovers of themselves. These rock stars are lovers of themselves. Is that a conspiracy? No. Revelation 13 talks about the new world order, the beast that's going to take over the whole world. And everybody's going to marvel after the beast. Is that conspiratorial? No, it's not. We see the spirit of Antichrist at work now. That's Second uh, Thessalonians two, you know the, the 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 mystery of iniquity doth already work. Amen. So it can't be conspiratorial when we mention some of these things, and I, th- I tend to wonder why I don't get a lot of press. I was shocked when I came home from the library and I told you when I called you and I said, "Man, I'm getting a lot of press from this from this uh, this show about the music industry," because I, I didn't expect it. I just you know, expected you to just just be me and you, like it always is. But people called in and they participated, 
And I'm glad because now people are beginning to wake up. People are beginning to listen. People are beginning to look, to research, to to really gather this information, and they're beginning to take it out to the world. Well, not to the world, but to their communities because it's true. You know, this is what Scripture teaches us is going to happen. And, man, like I said earlier, what a time to be alive. I just hope I didn't run everybody off. <laughs> uh, I hope I didn't run everybody off either because they just dropped off like dominoes, man. And one after the other, dude, just like I'm out. Didn't even say goodbye. Nothing. I guess maybe there was a um, it's called drop, and Tiffany, she, I guess she had to go too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man. Um, it's a good topic. Um, like I said, I do apologize for coming on late, but I got so much going on. <laughs> Between uh, no, that's cool. That's fine. You know, it's it's not a problem. <clears throat> it's not a problem at all. That's the first person that ever said that I had a high IQ, besides Randy. But um, who was that screaming? Oh no, that was the uh, door. I'm sorry. Oh, wow, the door. You must have put a hurting on that door. I'm like ah. All right, that that joke just fell to is dead. But um, (laughs) I just killed the joke even before the punchline was even able to be delivered. But uh, I'm glad that you could join me on the show. Um, and uh, this is my first show doing by you know that I did by myself. So I hope I did well. I'm a um. Advertising. I'm gonna post the link into the room so people can listen to it. You know that the people that weren't able to join us for the show, they can just listen to it once they click on the link. And I'm gonna end this and with a word of prayer. And I will see you, sir, tomorrow night. That is good copy. Say again. I said that's a good copy. Yes, that is a good copy indeed. So um, I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for being with us tonight as we studied your word and as we delved into this very important topic. Lord, thank you for the callers that were able to join me tonight. And um, we thank you that we ask that you just open their minds even more so they can share the gospel in their uh, neighborhoods and tell they're able to tell them the truth about the spirit behind the music industry and the music that they're listening to, Lord. Be with the two, uh, Najiti and the two other callers that called in tonight and their families, Lord, and uh, <clears throat> be with us tomorrow as we start, um, as we continue the, the series on the cult explosion, Lord, and the callers that are able to join us, Lord, and and um, open their eyes and their minds and, and hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, good buddy. I will see you or talk to you tomorrow. Okay. Oh, I'll just hit you in the inbox. Okay. All right. Peace. All right.
Peace.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.